Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What is up, Gypsy Gang? We are back for another episode of the Gypsy Tales podcast. Uh, super stoked on this one. We've been uh, flooded with moto content lately. Uh, it's sort of always going to be the way, I think, in November. Um, just with the Supercross in Auckland and then the Townley thing and then uh, the Supercross at Marvel. I'm motoed out for now. We've got a little bit more moto content to uh, to come. Uh, but today, I'm excited to have had sat down with a very unique cat. Super cool guy going by the name of Lane the Saint. Uh, he is a recording artist out of the Gold Coast, but he's traveling all over the world right now. Um, his music is really, really cool. He's got three tracks uh, that have dropped on Spotify recently uh, with an album to come this year. And I don't really talk about it that much, I guess, just because I suppose it never really comes up. Um, but I'm a massive rap, hip hop head, have been for my whole life. Uh, I'm very interested in, uh, air quotes, the culture. Um, and I think that really come out when I lived in the U S and I just don't have that many people I get to talk about that kind of stuff with nowadays. Um, which is why I'm so stoked on this podcast in particular. Lane is definitely a really rad dude and I'm, uh, I'm stoked to, to watch his career take off over these uh these next few years as always we have our legendary sponsors that we are bought to you by uh and i just want to give these guys a quick shout out at the start of this episode just want to give a big thanks to the guys at nobby underwear you can head to nobby.com they just released an epic christmas pack which they do each year you can also subscribe to the nobby nation for just 20 dollars a month once again that is nobby.com also got to give a massive shout out to our new sponsor, uh, Cricks Tweed Heads. They are a uh, car dealership that is down in Tweed Heads and we have some really exciting stuff uh, coming to everybody uh, with those guys this coming year for 2020. So uh, very, very excited about that. If you are in the market for a new Triton Ute, uh, as you very well could be as a moto head listening to this podcast, uh, you can call the guys at Cricks. You can ask for Kyle. Uh, let him know that you're a member of the Gypsy Gang and you will get looked after. Uh, or you can head to their website, uh, crickstweed.com.au. Uh, it is definitely that festive time of the year. Uh, rivals cut off for graphics if you want to get anything through those guys uh, is on their Instagram uh, at Rival Inc. Uh, you can also head to the website at uh, www.rivalincdesignco.com.au. 
A-U, uh, and you can order your graphics or jersey prints uh, through that website. You can also use the code Gypsy Tales and Gypsy Gang to get 15% off. You can also head to MX Store uh, at www.mxstore.com.au or you could hit their new showroom in Burley uh, to get basically any aftermarket part or accessory for you or your dirt bike uh, for this holiday season. You can also head to the link in our Instagram bio at Gypsy Tales Podcast uh, to get some of that merch. Maybe you got a boyfriend that listens to this that loves the podcast maybe you can get him that uh or maybe you need some new gloves we've got our uh limited edition fist gypsy tails gloves uh up on there as well uh, appreciate it we're going to be dropping a bunch of podcasts this week as well as recording a bunch more super busy time of the year and we're going to keep this momentum rolling but until then enjoy this podcast with lane the saint we are rolling now <laughs> Roll. same lane everybody what's going on <laughs> you know i uh i did a podcast once in america uh this is like in june yeah two hours on this conspiracy podcast it didn't record it didn't record any of it oh. and the guy's like yo can we do that again no nah, never <laughs> i'm out <laughs> Dude, i've had like i've had a couple of fuck-ups but it wasn't not recording it was like shit that went wrong with cameras and stuff mm. like that oh, it's so fucking hard I hate that shit because you have like yeah, it, you have a moment, mm. and it's like it's gone. Once yeah. it's gone, like you can't recreate that combo. Yeah, and then trying to like fake, react to the same, mm. you know, the same words and the same questions. Not a fan. Even like even talking about like we just went and got a coffee down mm. at next door espresso burley. It's really good. Sh- shout out to the homies. Yeah, that's the spot. We pretty much every time we do a podcast, we go there and take take the guest and get yeah. a cheeky takeaway I, I was thoroughly impressed that something like that is uh so, so close to my house yeah because you're in what broad beach waters yeah yeah yeah. so they're not too far away like 10 minutes away yeah sick so what's your normal you said this was the only podcast you'd actually get up for oh like, dude what's, your, what's like, your normal schedule i i wake up at like 8 30 yeah which isn't too that's not super I, late i don't think that's too bad to me that's a nightmare like <laughs> yeah. if i stay if i woke up at 8 30 i would be fucking losing my mind that oh dude I, uh, you're an artist it's uh, we're a different deal totally different deal. and then at nine o'clock i uh a personal trainer my my pt josh comes around to my house yeah right. we do like an hour of boxing you probably you like you can't tell because i like drink so much and eat terrible food but yeah i train like all the time that's sick yeah how yeah. long have you been doing the boxing stuff oh like a couple months yeah right but, like going hard at it like every day that's sick you yeah. enjoy it yeah i, I love it oh it's just fun to punch a bag yeah and uh yeah so i, I do that uh and then i try and write music for like two or three hours yeah and then i'll try and write some stand-up and then just chill are you still doing the stand-up thing i i played at melbourne comedy festival this year really yeah dude that's sick yeah it's uh like i I do like aliases and shit so i did uh melbourne comedy festival under rocky middleton that was my name yeah i performed and then i did a show in brisbane uh in september and they but they built it as saint lane doing stand-up mm. so people that were fans of my music came to see me do stand-up wasn't a good idea because yeah, people were right. very upset and uh, i saw i got booked to do an hour stand-up and an hour of djing an hour of stand-up's really hard an yeah. hour of stand-up feels like an hour of boxing yeah like it's it's hard as shit and uh so i was like 20 minutes into my set and then uh one of my management people come to the side of the stage and like hey the bar said we're gonna shut this down because people are complaining and people are really upset wow yeah and off my opening joke is about babies with big dicks 
and yeah, okay. people were immediately upset and I had this I had this really I had a joke that I told at Melbourne Comedy Festival yeah that killed because I was opening for uh, Isaac Butterfield yes so, so like gnarlier the better yeah so like his crowd were like all know, about it they were huge fans but then people that listen to my music aren't particularly might not be comedy fans yeah so they uh, got super upset and then they're like can you just DJ for an hour and a half instead I was like fuck this venue and I was gonna just DJ through Spotify and I logged out of premium oh no and hit the venue with the ads <laughs> <laughs> so people like trying to dance and shit and then like it'd be like the next 30 minutes ad free and, <laughs> and the venue's like come out like you can log into our shit I'm like fuck you guys they had a drink named after me at that venue no shit and I don't think they'd have it anymore I, I think I upset everyone that worked there and so you were just like pissed that they wanted to like cut off your set or yeah it was it wasn't even that it was just like the censorship I wasn't a fan of so do you think it was more the the like the content yeah they, yeah people okay. were upset by the content uh, and uh, so yeah I had to which that's like just sucks with comedy in general now yeah like, people are so upset I don't like I'm just I don't really get offended by shit I have with with especially in comedy like I, I could get offended by like some like hate speech or like some crazy shit that's like not comedy but if it's comedy I feel like it's like a it's like a free-for-all like you, yeah. can, you can say whatever you want it's, it's comedy and like if it's like film like have you seen the movie Midsummer? no uh, it's fucking hectic came really? out came out this year it's about uh because people people got so upset about the Joker and you know the people said that that Joker movie was so oh, I haven't fun. seen that yet oh okay it's, yeah, it's pretty I need, I need to go see it it's good would it's, it still be in cinemas? Uh, probably surely yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, I it's, feel it's like that would be there for fucking ages and but people were so upset about the violence in that movie and so I was like preparing to see a violent movie I walked in and I was like this is just a normal movie this yeah. is this is less violent than like The Departed yeah. this is just a regular people are just so sensitive beautiful film uh, this is my favorite movie of all time The Departed yeah yeah my man this, this is a movie just per- Fuck it's it. fucking perfect the yeah. cast is perfect the, the, the score have you seen the movie that that movie is based on what, it's what based on like that? a Chinese movie really with the same plot and oh dude I've heard that dude so for anyone listening, if you have not seen The Departed, go go see you it. You have to see The Departed. Just like I'm not sure if it's on Netflix or I I don't know. But the do reason I've come on this podcast is to plug a movie from 2006. I'm here to, just to <laughs> yeah, let yeah, people yeah, know yeah, yeah. The talking. Departed is the shit. <laughs> but if you haven't seen it, yeah. seriously, it's fucking all time, dude. It, I I reckon Scorsese is my favorite director of all time. Mm. Like I I I am so amped for The Irishman. His next movie, yeah, comes out in like two weeks. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. Dude, I lo- I fell out of, like, I was really into the film thing, like, when I was doing the film stuff, mm. just in general. But I've, like, really fallen off the, the radar when it comes to the, the movies. New releases? Yeah, just, yeah. like, I'm just not there anymore with it. I feel like it's a scene that you sort of, you, like, fall into, you know? Totally. I have a thing with directors. Yeah. So, like, if I, if I know a director I like has got a new movie coming out, I'm, I'm all in it. Uh, yeah. There's a director who I'm loving right now called uh, Ari Aster. Have you heard of this dude? No. He did a movie called Hereditary. Yeah, right. And it is like the best horror movie I've ever seen. Yeah. It came okay. out like a year or two ago and it blew my mind. Yeah. And he put out a new movie this year. That was a midsummer movie. Yeah, right. And uh, like this dude is like the next guy. Like I feel like he's like, you know how you have like yeah. generational directors like Tarantino yeah. was yeah. like in the 90s yeah. and uh, maybe Christopher Nolan or David uh, is it David Finch the guy that yeah. did Seven and Fight Club yeah. like 
and it's like an evolutionary scale. I feel like Arias is like the next guy. Yeah, right. That's interesting. Eh? People are people are sleeping on this man. It's it's interesting how that whole and I mean music's the same too. Like yeah. podcasting, like media is just different now. It's so and different. it's like the way. Like I don't even have TV at my house. Yeah. I've got a TV on the wall with Apple TV, and yeah. I got YouTube. I got Netflix. I got Red Bull TV, mm-hmm. WSL, and that's it. And it's yeah. like I I think we're just in this. We're in this place now where people just like constantly curate their own shit. Yeah, it, it, it's crazy because it used to be you'd either get you'd get all your entertainment from TV or radio. Mm. That was it. And now there's so many sources of getting different things. I, I don't have like I've got Foxtel for uh, sport. Yeah, like I watch sport, but there's not a show. I don't watch a show. Mm. Uh, and like I've got I've got a TV. I play like PS4 all the time. It's like some shit I do in my downtime. <laughs> like I, I just I just vibe out and play some shit. But uh, yeah, people have. It used to be like you'd have a when I was in school, you'd have a conversation and be like, "Oh, what you know? Are you watching Lost or like some yeah, show on TV?" Yeah. But now it's like everyone, someone's watching something on Disney Plus. Someone's watching yeah. something on Amazon. That's what I wonder. Like how it's like there's so much shit going mm. on these days with like yeah, like Disney Plus. You got Hulu. You got HBO. Yeah. Like just wonder if what what's like critical mass with all that shit and like yeah. when the people are just like because that's i feel like that's where i'm at i'm just like mm, i'm out yeah like i'm fucking over it now like there's it's too hard to find to like to keep up you know <laughs> yeah dude i i was on netflix the other day trying to find something to watch and i like was like i'm not interested in any of this shit have you watched hustle and flow yet oh the chance the rapper ti yeah. uh, i watched like 10 seconds of it. did you not like it Nah, I got into it. Yeah, everyone right. everyone loves it. it. Everyone keeps telling me to watch it. Um, what was your issues with it? I, d- I don't like game shows. Nah, but that's it's not though. It's like, not it really because I'm the same. Like you, I would fucking donate blood before I watched American Idol. Yeah, or, like, same. Literally fucking pull <laughs> pull teeth. Like yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm out on all of that. But this was legit. It's legit. It's super legit. Uh, you should definitely I'll check it give out. it like a second uh, a second go. Because I, I I like Ti's music. Who's the other judge? Uh, Ti, Chance the Rapper, and Cardi B. Okay. And dude, Cardi B made the biggest fan out of me. Really? That, like the biggest fan. I fully fucking love that. You converted. Chick, fully fucking. I'm <laughs> all in on Cardi B. Dude, I was so in on Cardi B when she was doing that. Um. But before her first record, like before Bodak Yellow, yeah, I was right. fucking with her shit real hard because like real underground. She yeah, would, she had this mixtape that had like I don't know if you've heard of the Breakfast Club. It's like yes. a New York radio station. Yeah, yeah. all the interludes of Breakfast Club. Yeah, so right. I was listening to the Breakfast Club like on like a you know just streaming. Oh, streaming and, the actual and, station. And they were plugging this artist Cardi B, and I was like, oh cool, like there's no like chick rappers. I'll check it out. And then I was like, this is so dope. There's like bars. It's like hard. All the videos are real hard. And then it like transitioned into pop which is cool yeah and like get the money and stoke for your cardi b but i was like oh i'm just gonna go listen to like i feel like Nicki minaj did that a bit though dude but that's like i feel like with chick rappers like that's the evolution is like super underground hard as fuck talking about gnarly sex shit Mm. go into the pop world that opens the door for the next chick because it's like it went like uh fucking Nicki Minaj, Cardi B, now it's that Meg the Stallion chick. Yeah, and Cash so, Doll's another one. Yeah. But I feel like there's like more of that shit now. And then there was some super dope chicks on this Hustle and Flow. Right. So like that the chick side of it, uh, London B, I think her name was. Right. Like she came out of it. The guy that won is fucking incredible, bro. What, what's D his Smoke. name? D Smoke's his name. Yeah. I've, someone, I'm, 
do you know Alex Hayes, the surfer? Yeah. He, he just told me to check out this dude's music the oh, other day. Oh, no shit. And, um, Alex was on here like a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, dude, he's like a friend of mine. Yeah, sick. He's uh, a super nice kid. Yeah, like alarmingly nice when I because I, I like knew his Instagram yeah. shit before and I was like oh this dude has to suck yeah. and then he was like so nice <laughs> that's fucking funny that's what I thought <laughs> yeah like um, like the best he hates being called an influencer mm. but like he, he is mm. but he's the best influencer dude in the in the world like he's I, I were at this party and I was with him it was like two weeks ago went to this party yeah, for Tommy Hilfiger Yep. And like Tommy Hilfiger was there, got to meet him and shit. No shit. And um and Alex was there, but the room was full of these Instagram people. And everyone fucking sucked. Yeah. <laughs> Except for like the people that did shit. So there was there was like mad cool people there, but like in the mix of mad cool people were people that all influencers, yeah. Influencers. And I was like, Man, these people fucking suck. Yeah, we did uh we did that Grass is Greener festival with like Nobby Underwear as one of our sponsors. Yeah. So me and Luke were at that Grass is Green and we went on this yacht before it and we just like just stood there and just yeah. like looked at all these people. I was like, what the fuck are we doing here? Mm. But I mean fuck, that shit works though, bro. Like the whole influencer marketing thing is so yeah. insane. The new influencer marketing is with music is uh is it labels paying TikTokers to make TikTok videos to their artist songs. Yeah, right. It's a it's an interesting time to to make music do you know who i fuck with really heavy is adam 22 oh i was um he played my shit on no jumper and what? It, yeah dude it was crazy i was in canberra and um i started i like my phone was like going off it was like no jumper followed you on instagram i was like what the fuck is this wow and then um and then people like hit me up they're like adam 22 is talking about you on the show dude, and, do you have the episode it's on my instagram yeah I'd love and, to fucking see that and shit. And yeah, he's he's listening to... I got a song called Sugary Sweet. Yep. And he's like listening to it while he's like scrolling through my Instagram on the show. That's and, sick as fuck. And he's like... He, he full like... He full... Because he usually just shits on music, which yep. is why I like him because it's like... It's funny watching him just talk shit about music. And he was like, Say Lane, that's official. You're a G. I love your shit. That's gangster as fuck, dude. Yeah. So. That, that's what people when like everyone... Because Rogan's like the guy that everyone knows. So when people compare me to people, they're like... They're like, oh, so it's like Rogan. I'm like, mm. I'm, I'm all about that. Adam twenty two, you know, like, dude, yeah. And um, and his girlfriend's got her own Leno, hustle. Yeah. Um, and did you see that penthouse thing they yep, did? Yeah, yep. fire, dude. I'm full. Like, that's like my one. That's like my one dude I follow. Like, mm. probably more than anything else. That's so cool. That, yeah. So you you're like you're like into rap shit. Fuck yeah, bro. Dude, that's man. when you hit me up. I was like, I can <laughs> sit here and sick. I don't and I don't like. The crazy thing is 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 that um. I, I like I always love rap music. Yeah, like I could I could fucking sing every single lyric of Chronic Two Thousand One. Like every ever. Like I love hip hop my whole life. What's your first hip hop shit that got you into the genre? Probably Chronic Two Thousand One. Okay, that's cool. It was it, it it would be like either some Eminem shit mm-hmm. or Chronic Two Thousand One, and then I had two buddies uh, fucking that like one of them is still like a real good homie of mine yeah. today, but we're in like middle school together. And they were white as fuck. Yeah. And we lived in a pre- pretty black area. Like, we lived in um, in Cairns. So, like, our school was, like, a pretty, like, indigenous school. Mm-hmm. So, it was so funny. There was, like, these two white, white <laughs> as fuck boys. And yeah. uh, they were just, like, they had every Tupac city. They had every okay. Biggie city. They mm-hmm. had Notor- uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony. Yeah. They had um, Wu-Tang Clan. They had, like, all of the, f- like, super classic shit. Nice. So, that was, like, my first experience with it. But I think Chronic 2001 would be the album that, like, really got me into, like, into hip-hop. 
and then I sort of with the motocross shit I got into the more of like the punk rock and the, mm. the metal stuff and then uh, the like new metal I was like crazy into new metal and yeah. the whole emo thing yeah. but like I just I did always love rap and then when I went to America America made me love rap even more and love hip hop because of more more so like the culture 100% and when you're in when you live in LA Mm. And when you see Crenshaw Boulevard and when you have been to Compton yeah. and like when you go to Atlanta or you've been to Houston, like you go to these places or you've been in New York, like yeah. you, you feel the vibe, like it's so easy to like feel that in the music. And there was like, um, fuck, you had a really dope line as well. It was a Red Bull line actually. And I think it was Pit, Pit Oh, Pitbull Type B. Red Bull, uh, Red Bull on my jacket. I'm just trying to stunt. Yeah, and then you had like the dirt bike too. So I was yeah. like, I, I, feel, I feel that. Yeah. But um, but yeah, there was just like, there's just so many like when the references like hit for you. It's oh like, yeah. It's a dope sound, but when you when you feel the reference, you're like, and when I've you're fucking in it. been there. Like I've, yeah. I've been to that spot. Like yeah. I know that. I know that shit. And it's like that. That's when the rap really like. I really got into it. Yeah. And then being around, you know, certain people mm. as well like that really just made me like fuck i just love this shit you That's know shit, yeah. so yeah i just I, I definitely i don't look like it but i'm a fucking underground hip-hop head for sure oh dude that's mad <laughs> i love that yeah i um because yeah I, I had no idea that, that I, I just thought you were just a just a legend no nah, no nah, fucking love that shit yeah so adam 22 like that's my guy like that's uh he when people are always like oh who's like the one dude you'd love to have on the podcast i'm like fucking adam for sure you should hit him up yeah i will at some point when like i was bummed he was over here but fuck where was i I was I, I wasn't around when he was here. Maybe I was in like Vietnam or something like that. So I was like kind of bummed. But yeah. I um I met up with Tony Hinchcliffe the other day when he was here. Oh, I saw him at the comedy store a couple of months ago. Yeah, he's right. great, dude. So good. Mm. But yeah, so he has been on Adam's podcast, and now I know you follow him too. So maybe there's like a connection there. But yeah, uh, yeah, he he fucks with my music apparently. So yeah, hit him up. <laughs> Sick as fuck, dude. Yeah. So you were saying like we went and get a coffee that you started out thinking you were going to do stand up. Yeah. So you moved here from Auckland when you were fourteen. Yeah. And then you um, were like playing rugby league and then you got into the comedy thing. So like, how is that? Like, I guess you've just always been a guy that's been like an artist in a way. Yeah. Like even when I was playing rugby league, I wanted to be like an entertainer in rugby league. Like I wanted to be Sonny Bill Williams. Yeah. I didn't want, I wanted to be like deeper than that. I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted like brand deals. Yeah. And shit like that. And like, I, th- I think I was pretty good. Like I was playing like rep and shit. Um, and all the dudes I played with are now in the NRL. Yeah. And like Jai Arrow from the Maroons is like one of my closest friends. Yeah, right. Um, and, but yeah, I was doing, I was like the joker on, on the team. Yeah. I was like the funny guy on the team, but I was like behind closed doors, like hustling jokes. And I would go to the cavern in Nobby's Beach. Yeah. The loft in Chevron Island and the atrium bar at the casino. Yeah. And try out my bits that I was working on. And I fucking bombed every time because I was trying to be funny. Yeah. And it was when I just talked, when I just told a story from some real shit. Yeah. People, uh, it got laughs. Yeah. And it sucks. I started getting good at it when I broke my sternum and I couldn't laugh. So I like, I started like actually improving the craft of it just as I wasn't able to do it. And just as I wasn't able to do rugby league. So I just stopped it. And then I still, like, I do it now 
just for like fun but i don't think i would pursue it yeah so anymore. so when did when did it turn to the the music then because like yeah the your fucking sound like whatever you've hit with saint lane i just think is so cool like Thank it's you super too. unique like every song's got like a little like a different influence and it like mm. i think that um pretty sweet is, or sugary, sugary sweet, sweet. Is, i hear like vince staples in it oh wow and Thank i'm you. like that's so fucking <laughs> you know what i mean like you, yeah you, you don't you like i just don't see you trying to be like vince staples like no. you're not that you know what i mean like no. you're because there's a there's a, a, a formula that you could copy if you were like a young sort of gangster kind of dude yeah then it's like you could be like vince staples but it's like mm. your image and your sound and your lyrics and everything is like the opposite of what vin staples is but then yeah. you can hear like such a a cool reference to his sound in a way totally and yeah. it's like i just i think that's hard to do as an artist totally it's like sort of have a sound but like or like have an influence but not be biting the whole thing yeah which is i think that's really cool well i think that comes more from uh mutual influences from me and my like people that i'm in like the same kind of age bracket as like Vince staples post, yeah. post malone and shit yeah like i really fuck heavy with like kanye west i love um love like biggie love uh like but also the other shit i love is like a bit off the wall stuff yeah like i love daniel johnston i don't know if you know who that is no nah. this is like underground acoustic i guess like a bob dylan of the 90s yeah love him love bright eyes love john mayer yeah so dude, john mayer i'd fuck john mayer dude i'd let john mayer fuck me actually same crazy crazy like prodigious talent he's john mayer and kanye west my favorite artist of all time that's cool uh and that john i think john mayer kanye west and uh julian casablancas from the strokes mm-hmm. i'd like to think i was like somewhat a an accumulation of like that. a product of that product of that sound of that threesome like I'm, I'm, i want to have like kanye west production john mayer songwriting and julian casablanca's vocals yeah kind of merge into one thing which That's is cool. which is why it sounds a bit different and then i can see like vince staples would probably have similar similar influ- influences, and like tyler yeah, creator yeah. similar influences yeah. and like um and that's kind of why there's a similar vibe but sonically it's not yeah yeah it's not the same yeah but it's like i can, it I can hear it but i it makes sense in a playlist yeah together yeah like the, the a, a lot of rap from like california sounds like my shit yeah it also makes sense because i'm making the music there well that's what um my buddy sam when you hit me up i was in the car with sam and then so we played your three tracks on spotify yeah and um and he was like is he from california yeah. so he literally like you <laughs> he, can hear it, he, he, hear it yeah but like i think that that's i think that like that's one of the things with aussie hip-hop like so i know the boys from bliss and so fucking oh they're great dudes yeah like but i i i always wondered if that sound never went bigger because it just sounded too australian like it's too niche in a way yeah it's starting to work now with like one four doing drill yeah and um it's so dope that it's working for those guys uh but just for me man like as a consumer i i like just listening to shit that i can just like yeah just bump and i and like there is a niche market for it but right now because there's so many consumers in australia you can have like a niche product and it work yeah but i think 10 15 years ago when bliss nesso and hill deposit coming coming up they're like they did they did so well and mm. they're doing so well yeah but because there's a bigger 
market. But that's not going to be in rap caviar or like no, any, you know no, what I mean? Like yeah. it's it's not going to sort of be in that like super fucking blanket, yeah, mainstream sort of I guess sound. You know, it will work in places where they've got a similar scene, yeah. like a like you can have one for work in the UK, yeah, because they're both doing drill. That's the one thing that I've known. And like, if anyone listens to this that like knows is comes from like your end, and they're like hardcore in the hip hop scene, like I'm not that fucking guy. Like I don't know. <laughs> fuck all about yeah, yeah. like the whole Aussie scene so like I'm literally just like it's anecdotal on my end so like I'm not trying to claim to be an expert no, but yeah. like you can hear a bit of um, like that uh, what's that 1-8 shadow guy or shadow uh, I think there's a rapper called shadow yeah so he's an Aussie dude I think he's from Perth right and you can hear like his shit's super fucking rad but you can hear it's like that UK sort of like uh, it's drill like, skeptic like derivative style. of that sound yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like, whereas, you know, like the Hilltop Hoods, Bliss and Esso, like those boys, they just went like super fucking Aussie. Like they created their own thing, which is super rad as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's like with what you're doing, it's like, I feel like it's a different thing. Like totally. it's just a different sound that you're going for. Yeah, dude. And when I moved here, uh, it was the first, so when I was 14, I heard uh, Hilltop Hoods for the first time. And like, and like shout out to those guys, all love. But when I was 14, I thought that stuff sucked. <laughs> Because <laughs> like it, it was too foreign for me, mm. and like I lived three, I lived three hours away, yeah, by a plane, yeah, and it was such a foreign sound. Because like the hip hop that we were making in New Zealand was like, like Scribe, shit, Savage, yeah. uh, David Dallas, P Money, yeah, all these dudes who like had like international music. Fuck, I used to love Scribe, dude. Dude, Scribe was so the good. best, like the fucking best. I had, you know, you know Savage, uh, no. He did that and I'll stop on oh, back it up now. Let me see your hips. Oh, Swing. yeah. Is he yeah. in New Zealand? Yeah, he's from Auckland. What? Yeah, dude. The fuck? He sounds like Jadakus. Yeah. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, he came to one of my shows in no Brisbane shit. and it was like so fucking humbling. That's uh, heavy. Yeah, he, he came through. He said he was like a big fan of my shit. And yeah, I, it thought, was like, I thought DMX did that song. <laughs> <laughs> he does sound like DMX. Yeah, dude. He's like the best guy. That's fucking dope. Yeah. So like getting, getting love from him. Man, I have this song called Zip Code on SoundCloud. Yeah, that's like one thing I wish I went like through and listened to like where I was going to say like, where's the rest of your shit? I I wanted to hear like I've only listened to like the three Spotify tracks. I've only got the three Spotify tracks out and I got one track on SoundCloud. Okay, cool. And that one track is just a demo. Yeah. Like it was sitting in a folder on Dropbox for a year. Yeah, right. And I played it to people and they're like, this is sick. Yeah, so what was the like, what was the process? Because like, from what I can tell, again, not knowing fucking dick, <laughs> yeah, yeah, is that you've like you've got a good label, you've got some good management going, you've either that or like you're curating your own shit like so fucking spot on. Oh, I'm self managed, but yeah. Oh, so you manage your own shit? Yeah. yeah. So what label are you with? Though? I'm with uh, Tomorrow Music, who's yep. um they used to be called Ministry of Sound. Oh no shit. Yeah. So it's um, yeah, right. uh, like Fisher, uh, Pinal, Empire of the Sun. Yep. And me. Yes. Yeah, and um. Yeah, so I'm like the I'm the second hip hop act they've ever signed. Yeah, right. So, do you do all of your own like visuals and like all of your own nah. like art direction and stuff? Like I do that? art direction. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. um, and I have there's like people at the label that essentially manage me. Yeah. Like they'll they'll help out with like day to day shit. Yeah. But like stuff like this and like when I'm doing you know media stuff, it, that's that's all, it's all on you yeah it's me but yeah you look like you've got a really good team behind you that's helping you like yeah like I've got obviously people. you've got the vision mm. but it's like you can tell that to just have those three tracks 
yeah and to have the like the look and feel that you do like there's definitely seems like there's a solid mix of like your own ideas yeah and then a really good group of people behind you that is like helping realize that vision yeah dude i'm i'm so lucky to have like a budget from the label if i'm like i want to do an animated video and i want it to look crazy as shit i can sit down with um with karen from marketing shout out karen uh, and Cassie, who's like, who's essentially my manager, but I again like self-managed, but yeah, like yeah. she is my unofficial like, like admin essentially, but like yeah. the best admin, like the best person. Just in the world. A, I think like with the landscape too, it's like those roles within yeah. companies and music, like especially a small company that doesn't have like fuck tons of acts. It's like mm. that. I could see it being pretty fluid in terms of what people's roles are. It's just like let's just get shit done. Right? Yeah, it's like basically everyone on the team is me everyone's the artist yeah right like I, I look at uh chris who's my a and r guy a and r guys are the dudes that like listen to the songs yeah, and yeah. say like we should have this change this change chris is just important as me yeah in the foundations of the whole thing every person uh so i got i got two i got two main producers falcon ultra is the name of them uh so it's danny duke who produced for Lizzo. Yeah, I've heard of that. Um, he was in the band called the Griswolds. Yep. Um, and then there's a guy called Dutch Duke, the Not Brothers, um, who was, uh, he produced for like Setmo, Flight Facilities. Yeah. He's cool shit. So like two different backgrounds again, because it's like, it's like rock and hip hop and like EDM, Rufus to Soul kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. Coming together with me and we're all just flavoring shit up. Yeah. And then we've got another guy called Maxwell who produced for Ty Dolla Sign, J. Cole, crazy yeah. shit. And then he comes in as his own flavor. Then we have these tracks and then we get, we sit down with different marketing people, have different marketing ideas. Yeah. And um, yeah, hopefully it just keeps building. That's, that's, that's all I want is just for just to build. I feel like every track I'm putting out, it's like a little, it's like just, yeah, just getting, getting a little bit bigger. The, the thing that um, I've really learned from doing the the podcast is like how quickly shit happens, but how it doesn't happen quickly at all. Oh, at, this, no. at the same time, you know, like yeah. you'll get those, you'll get these moments where you'll be hit with a wave of like, holy fuck, I can't believe I'm here right now. Mm. But then it's like, that's over. And then it's like, you just literally keep, it's like the slow grind, you know? Yeah. So it's like, I think that through this process, I've been able to sort of relate to what, artists must go through when you're like because you're a super legitimate artist right now it's oh, like you. so sick to see what you've already achieved but in the yeah. grand scheme of things it's like feels like nothing yeah it's like you're barely on the <laughs> on the radar you know what i mean yeah oh, so it's, like, it's a weird thing right i i really upset everyone because i i sent out an email group email with my because i was i meant i was meant to have a song come out on the 15th of november and i got pushed back to the 22nd of november they got pushed back to the 29th of November and they got pushed back to the 10th of January. And when they're like, oh, we're going to push it back to next year. I sent this big email, everyone had a label. I was like, well, I guess this year has been a big waste of time. And people like, that's the shittiest thing of me to say because it's been such a good year. Just on that artist shit. I saw on some real diva shit <laughs> and I feel really bad about it. And everyone got really upset. Um, but that, and, and it does feel like that because it's, it's so in the moment. Mm-hmm. So when I hear a song's being pushed back by six weeks my like because i'm so in the moment i've gone like there's nothing else around this release yeah everything else has been a failure up to this point yeah it's all about the release but then i'm like step back from like oh actually i had a fucking huge year yeah i had the biggest year of my life 
And I, I'm just being a little dick. Like, I can't believe I would say some shit like that and upset so many people that have worked so hard on my music. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. just, it's all fucking, it's all learning though, man. Like, it's yeah. just shit. You Because how old are you? 24. Yeah, so you're still young. As how fuck. old are like, you? 31. No shit. Yeah. Dude, you look younger than me. I look <laughs> like shit. They don't ID me at the casino anymore. <laughs> That's like, uh, like when I walk there, I'm, I'm so used to getting my ID out and trying to be like, look sober. Now they're just like, yeah, dude. Like I'm a, cause you you meant to look over like thirty to get in yeah, the, in the right, casino. Yeah, that's such like a fucking weird rule. Like it's yeah. either cardist or don't. Yeah, like, totally. Subjective shit. I haven't been ID'd since I was eighteen. Really? Yeah. Like, I think I just look old shit. I think it's all the trauma. That, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all it's all this shit I fucking we had to witness that it's just uh, I don't know my I, I and I think it's uh, I I work night shifts at a hotel. Yeah. Okay. For three years. Yeah. 11 p.m. till 8 a.m. Night shift just fucks you right up, regardless yeah. of what job you're doing. Eh? Totally, it was. Yeah, I think it's just like it changed my face. <laughs> my whole shit changed. That dude, that job was the worst fucking job. In so the world. what? What were you doing? I was a concierge at a hotel. Yeah, so you just had to just chill and fucking wait for people. Wait for people checking, but there was so many dramas. Oh really? I, um, there were there was like suicides. Wow. Um, there was a there was like a murder. Um, where like uh, I probably I can't probably talk about because like a legal thing. Um, but yeah, suicide, murder. I had to I stopped a rape. What? Yeah, dude. Where the fuck was this hotel? Surface Paradise. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it was fucked up. People just came here. Like it was like there was a casino at the bottom of it. How old were you when you were working there? Fucking like twenty. I stopped working there this year. Really? Yeah. That's fucking heavy, dude. I would have been like, peace, bro. Yeah. I'm out of this shit. I, I remember the first death that we had at the hotel was uh, a kid. What fucking hotel is this? Oh, uh, I can't. I'll get so much shit. <laughs> That's and, fucked up. Yeah, they like... Fuck this hotel. The accommodation... like, in the, But like, the thing is, it's happening in like every hotel. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to expose the hotel industry, but there's a lot of... um, There's so many suicides at hotels. It's fucking crazy. Really? Yeah. And um, Wow. And there was... There it was, makes sense. Totally. There was a lot of... Uh, is there much like porn going down at hotels too? Not as much as you'd hope. Yeah, yeah, I would. I kind of hope that there's like a lot yeah. of porn going down in hotels. I don't think I've, I saw any sort of porn going on, but maybe ma- they're ma- just super discreet. Maybe because like you watch porn and you're like, "This is a hotel." Like, <laughs> this, this is a hotel. Yeah, yeah. and it's uh, yeah, not at my hotel apparently. But the hotel I worked at was shitty, cheap. Um, yeah, okay. And that's why there was so much fucking crime happening there. There was um, needles, fucking ice pipes. There was all sorts of crazy shit. God damn. And um, I, I had there, there was a. I had a night off and on my night off a dude came and pointed at uh, a gun a rifle hunting rifle at a guy asked him to empty the drawer this guy got 200 bucks if someone's pointing a gun at me I'm giving him whatever the fuck I'm just like yeah whatever dude totally but like they caught the guy imagine like going to jail for 200 dollars that's the thing though like I think that a lot of criminals like they just want to go back to jail you know yeah like, right yeah that, that makes sense for sure bro like, cause yeah you get comfortable yeah well when yeah whenever you um whenever you hear those crimes where it's like why the fuck would you do that it's mm. literally so you could go to like so they go mm. back to jail That's so bad. yeah because people what like the, it's like it puts people in a system mm. some people just need to operate in a system yeah. like the fucking people have like this natural uh, want to not have chaos yeah totally and it's like so jail while to like me and you were like that would be fucking chaos it's like it's not mm. like you go in there you've got everything's a routine you get given everything you don't have to like 
do anything. You just have to exist. Yeah. So if you're the kind of person that struggles to cope in the real world, which like a lot of people that have drug problems, mm. alcohol problems and fucking whatever, like they struggle to exist in the real world. Yeah. So I just got a friend that just got out of jail, man. So fucking, it that, just said like, yeah, it was just cruisy. Just that, went in there. And so, I mean, whenever a, you hear that shit of like people just doing dumb shit, you're like, why the fuck would you rob a, a register with a rifle for 200 bucks? It's like, he just wants to go back jail. to jail. That's crazy. I remember I told my cousin once that uh, if, if you're, because he, he was, he's gay. I was like, dude, just go to jail. It's like free food, free calm, and you just fuck every dude. Tons of sex. <laughs> it's like the Playboy Mansion for gay guys. And, uh, but he didn't think it was that funny. Did you make that into a gag in your set? No, I should have. It's probably a bit. It's, it's probably a bit. There's, there's a bit in there. I could, I could, I could mine it and turn it into a bit. But yeah, he, he, he didn't think the shit was very funny. Dude, that's fucking hectic though that you like saw all that shit. And like you are young to like see that shit too. Yeah, dude. The first time I uh, dealt with like someone dying at work, I was... 21 like and I, I remember that we had this girl commit suicide and I was talking to her 10 minutes before she died wow um, she asked me where like the kitchen was and then she just walked in drank a bottle of floor adhesive and then was what? found by tradies this was on a Friday if tradies found her on Monday getting eaten by ants wow and then her parents came in and was like what did you say to her and try to like flip the blame on me it's like oh she was all happy we were talking to her the day before she talks to you and then she goes and kills herself it's like, like fuck off with that shit i'm a concierge she has to talk to me yeah she just she literally just asked me where like the kitchen was yeah and i was like dude this is uh, it, was, it was so mentally draining dude and i can't believe that yeah That's why'd you sticking around in that job uh, cause I don't have any skills. <laughs> like <laughs> the only thing I could like at, at that point, that was, that was my first like real job. Mm. I worked in a factory for a, like an online, uh, interior design store. Yeah. And like, and would get like a ding on a bell an order would print out and I had to go through the warehouse and pack the order. Yeah. And then, uh, see, I'd rather do that than deal with fucking murders. Yeah. I got fired <laughs> yeah, it was, and it was, this is so shitty. This is, this is so fucked up. Um, there was a girl that was always late and she just fucked up the orders all the time and she would blame it on me and her friend was like the boss and that's who gave her the job uh, and she was like don't be so hard on, on this on this lady and um, I was like nah fuck and I was a young man you know when you're a young dude you're yeah. a fucking dick yeah. and I was like she fucked up an order one time I was like nah fuck you and she's like crying the boss was like get the fuck out you're fired and then literally a day later she got killed by her boyfriend Wow. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, the murder suicide. Wow. In Burley with her boyfriend. And I like Did you like fucking connected to the underworld of no, the Gold no. Coast right now? Just through vicarious shit. I know, like pretty much all the all the fucking deaths on the Gold Coast are somehow following me. That's fucking and, heavy. Yeah. So then Has that shit found its way into music at all yet? Uh yeah, uh, it's I've got a song, I got a couple of tracks. I, I, I went on Triple J and did this uh did like a live performance dude you did that bars, bars of steel bars of steel yeah i saw that i talked about the hotel in that yeah i listened to it this morning just on instagram but i didn't like fully try and like break the lyrics no it's cool uh i talked about the hotel shit in that song but um yeah i, I don't know man like i was i I've, a lot of my music because all the songs that are out now i recorded in 2018 yeah okay and then they come out 2019 yeah i got a song called the water coming out in august next year by the time it comes out the song is three years old 
Yeah, right. So that would get frustrating. I could see how that would get kind yeah. of frustrating for you. And I'd, and so I don't, I don't really want to talk about like current shit in my music. You know what I mean? Like yeah, references because by the time it comes out, it's kind of old. It's old. So I wasn't really talking about shit I was going through at the time. So my next, the next music I write is probably going to be about that shit that I've recently yeah. gone through. But yeah. um, yeah, like I because it's such a big hole I've got to try and make the music as like timeless as possible yeah I've got a song coming out that song uh, that was meant to come out fucking two weeks ago yeah uh, that's the, that's the only new shit that's gonna come out um, I made it in October yeah okay I was just jamming with this dude uh, Chunky Love yeah who's a fucking G by the way like the he looks like Action Bronson yeah but he's just like a beast on the guitar yeah right and I was like I wanna I wanna sing I don't sing in any of these songs I just rap yeah and like I can sing so I just like he's out playing some reggae I feel chords. like every fucking New Zealand they can sing to- yeah it's and like I'm Polynesian as yeah, well so that's, like, yeah Poly boy can sing yeah so I, I show. it's in the it's in the genes bro mm-hmm. and uh so he started hitting some reggae chords I was like oh well here we go we're in my element and um just sang this crazy tune recorded it finished it that night that's sick send it to the label and they're like this is it they like push back all my singles that we'd already put in the pipeline they're like this is the next one this is too immediately dope we need to play that after this if you oh, yeah yeah i've got it on my phone i'll show it's oh, fucking yeah. crazy that's sick i love yeah. that shit yeah it's fire i can't wait i really can't wait to put that one out yeah because i i like that none of my songs sound the same yeah no that's fucking that's yeah that's, that's for real so like i've gone cop of my shirt is like it's like real wavy bouncy fucking doing like a a low register vocal on it yeah sugary kind of like that slow yeah like drawn out yeah like a Tyler creator kind of vibe yeah sugary sweets high register vocal like Vince Staples yeah faster that reminds me of uh Big Fish yeah Big Fish That's, yeah dude that whole uh Big Fish Theory album is fucking amazing but that Big Fish track is sick yeah that's the one that's the one I'm thinking of right I got the, that right um the I was up late night bowling yes yeah. Don't don't don't. Yeah. yeah. Great track. Yeah. And then Pitbull Type B is like awesome. I love the concept behind that song. Like I, yeah. I listen to a um I fucking hate Pitbull by the way. So I'm like <laughs> I totally fucked <laughs> with that, the whole concept. Yeah. yeah. Dude, it, it was so funny. Um it is true. It's like a true story that like I it was a, it was the night I signed my record deal. I uh I went into the into the office and we had to stay just like when you see like athletes and shit and you probably know this yeah the signing the signing was done so long ago yeah and like I'd signed these papers ages ago but then they wanted to recreate the signing for photos of me in the office so I'm signing it and also you've you've got the exclusive on this no one knows that I've signed the deal to Ministry Sound oh that's sick that's getting announced fucking ages way yeah right I'll announce it here nah no one listens to this shit no (laughs) (laughs) I listen to this shit I love your shit Um, but so like I, I take the photo of me signing it I go out. They they asked if I could uh, perform in the office of the building. Yeah, right. And I was like, uh, I have you seen Atlanta, the show? No, but okay. I know of it. Yeah, there's a scene where Paperboy has to perform in the label office, and I was like, it's gonna be like that. It's yeah. just like everyone just sitting there, just like this. And I was like, fuck, I'm gonna, I just need to get hammered. So I go to this bar down the street, just get it like a espresso martinis, Long Island iced teas, just be a dick, and just like, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> and uh, I come back, and I'm fucking drunk. And I just play the best show. That's like, sick. Kill it, and and everyone the everyone in the label's like, we believe in this guy now. And then I, I go to the airport, go to Virgin Lounge, get drunk again, like more drunk. Get on the flight, 
more drunk, land, and I go to an award show. It was for Hotels Australia because the hotel that I uh, worked at was nominated for... Most violent hotel. <laughs> <laughs> it was nominated for Best Hotel in Queensland. No fucking way. Yeah. And then, uh, so I was there. It was free drinks at that. Go to this place called Duke's Parlor and uh, start doing like... It was, it was like the after party. was start doing shots of tequila and I was so drunk and Pitbull came on that uh that excuse me I'm a whatever that fucking song is called and uh, like a moment I was like this is the right environment for this music yeah I've been listening to it wrong I've been listening to it in a car I've been listening to it in headphones being like this is the shit what the fuck is this and then when I was like on the verge of passing out in a nightclub I was like this is this is where this was made for. This is what it was made for. This so, is the soundtrack to my life right now. This is the, and I was like, this is the best song ever made. That's so fucking good, eh? <laughs> and then I walked upstairs because the, the bar was connected to my old work. Walked upstairs and threw up in the swimming pool. <laughs> That's so and fucking good. That was, a, and that was a rap. That was a rap on the night. And there's a song in that. And there's a song, yeah. I always love that. Like, I love, like, writing. Like, I, I haven't said anything about it yet, but I'm working on a book at the moment. So cool. And um, it's something I've always wanted to do, but I've never, like, I've, I've got I've got a ton of book ideas, and I, mm-hmm. like it's some that was what what first got me into, uh, that was like my first profession. Like I, I thought I was going to be a writer, like right. I, I was going to be a journalist for motocross, and then so that's what I started doing. So when I was like seventeen, I just write all these articles around like Australian writers Sick. and and then I'd send them to the magazines, and yeah. then I, I ended up working for one for a year. And then I bailed out on it. Mm. Uh, I didn't like the dude that owned the magazine. And um, and then I started the, like a, this is why I love Adam 22 is because he started the come up, which is a BMX website. Yeah. I was, I was about to, there's the, the that's the link. That's the link. I, him, yeah. I just got it. Yeah. yeah. So he started the come up and mine was called MX daily. Mm. So like I had this motocross thing where it was like the first blog in Australia for motocross. Mm. And then, uh, there was a another website in the states called Verb Moto, uh-huh. and they would just film the craziest shit. And no one in Oz was like really filming stuff for the internet. Yeah. So like that was my that's where I went from like writing to filming. So like I just took a fucking hard right turn right into like the film stuff. But the writing was something I always wanted to do. But I it's never like, now I just never really knew. Like I just yeah. think I think like especially nowadays too like i was looking at um like people that post like those super long posts and they get like fuck they go deep with writing i'm like i feel like that's like the instant gratification of like the the, whatever that outlet is but it feels cheap to me Mm. it's like it's like uh, i mean i don't know like i guess even like the rappers that are in the booth and then they'll like preview their new song like (laughs) in the studio as it's being mastered i'm like that's just instant gratification like yeah put it out properly but that to me is what a book feels like for people that like to write mm. so I'm, I'm sort of almost inspired by the fucking way that people will just like f- throw shit and then it's like it means nothing yeah you know like you read that post it's there's no there's no timeless nature to that at all absolutely but then with the podcast i was like fuck i could definitely write about like this whole thing okay. so like after i think um we've done 107 episodes but they haven't all been like chapters of the podcast there's mm. like little recaps here and fucking random sort of shit that we've done live events and stuff yeah but when we do a hundred episodes of the podcast i'm gonna do the books called gypsy tales zero to a hundred sick so and it's all gonna be about um 
like everything's sort of around like fitting it all in and like it'll yeah. be like descriptions of each podcast and then the the big ones about like big influences on my life like the story will sort of get told with it but like yeah that that process then for like hearing you say like pitbull type beat and then it's like the the concept behind it and then the way that you can take it from that kind of idea of like damn this is like a concept yeah and then to craft that into a song like i admire that shit oh, i, I think i Thank think you. it's so fucking cool when that process happens so like once you had that idea like how do you then like what is your process to like get that to a song well dude the the crate it gets more full circle so i had a session in sydney the week after and the session was with maxwell who is now like one in my production team yeah it was the first time i ever met him max is my favorite producer maybe ever it's like for me it's like is he the dude that does kanye shit no he does um title sign j cole yeah okay um but for me it's like dr dre kanye west maxwell it's like my top three yeah and max has this album called beats volume one Mm -hmm. it's just all these crazy like g-funk instrumentals like a whole out you'd you'd fuck with it so hard it's amazing and i would what's it called uh, Beats Volume One by Maxwell, and his, his is name that is, on Spotify. Yeah, yeah, and his artist name's M X X W L L. And um, I'm just gonna say that before I forget. <laughs> yeah, bro. And um, so I when I worked at the hotel, I used to play Beats Volume One, just on like loop and write raps to it. Really? Yeah, I wrote albums. I wondered how that works, like when you when you're writing a like is there a structure to to writing a song or like is there like a formula that you sort of is like a obviously you don't want to just follow a generic formula but is there a formula that gets you started with a song yeah so there, how does that work so there is a formula and there's a way that you're meant to write a song like then there's, there's like there's meant to be like an algorithm uh, algorithm essentially that like pharrell williams would use where you start with your concept has got to be the first thing. Yeah. And and uh, you got to treat the concept like an argument and the chorus has got to be the argument and then your verses are essentially for and against the argument and then the bridge, which is the third section of the song where the key changes, is meant to be like the collision of the two... The arguments. The, the for and yeah. against. Yeah. That's how you're meant to write a song. Yeah. And that's how traditional pop songs, since Dion and the Belmonts, Bill Haley and the Comets, Chuck Berry... If you if you look at the fundamentals of their tracks, that's essentially what's going on. Is you know like Johnny Be Good, is yeah is um you know four first one against verse two, verse three is the culmination the culmination of the of the chorus. Uh, I don't write songs like that. You meant to? I don't. Um, I will hear the beat or I'll work on the beat, and it's like completely instinctive. Yeah. Like, I'll just go, like, I'll hear a beat and I'll just, like, come up with a melody. Like, record the melody and then uh, come up with lyrics around that melody. Yeah. But then get the concept off the melody. Yeah, okay. So, like, and get concept and key and, like, his shit. I, I write songs the incorrect way. Yeah, okay. But, I mean that whole process though still is super fucking cool like regardless of yeah how you how you do it you know and i think that the people that um like i think it's rad to like not follow that sort of standard totally standard formula because i think that's where like super special shit does actually come out you know yeah i like like to think i've got like some i've got a song called the fire that's coming out next year which is 
like the most untraditional song formula ever it's a verse a really long verse an instrumental bridge a huge chorus and then a huge completely mastered on a different channel outro yeah right and that that's the that's the song structure it's like it's a really weird structure so it's a really unusual arrangement but when you hear it it feels like it's like it's it, that's a structure you'd use for a film yeah and it, it's like a it, it's a growth in yeah. the in the sonic and it makes sense in a movie and so we try to make it a song and it fucking worked and it's so it's I'll show you after it's fucking crazy good but it shouldn't be yeah everything in, in popular music says that shouldn't work because uh, chorus is the most important part of pop music yeah and rap is pop music now because it's popular yeah um, every, every rap is so chorus driven at the moment Gucci gang Gucci gang Gucci gang like, yeah Hook. Gypsy gang, gypsy gang, gypsy gang. <laughs> um, chorus is the most important part, and the song essentially doesn't have a chorus. Yeah, and J Cole does that a lot. I don't know if you know J Cole's dude. Shit. Fucking love that dude at the moment. You yeah. know who else I'm frothing so hard right now is who? Mac Miller. Oh, dude, Mac Miller is so damn so, dude. Yeah, for for me, Mac Miller's like is is an undeniable legend. Yeah, uh, I wish I... That's, like, one of those guys where, like... Like, you can listen to people's music and not really care to, like, know that person. Mm. Mac Miller's one of those guys where I'm like, I really want to fucking know that guy. Like, I'm yeah. sad I didn't know him. Yeah. Which is, like... That's pretty crazy to get across in... In music. In music, don't you think? Yeah, dude. When Mac Miller died, it took me, like, three or four months to kind of just, like, believe that. Yeah. Because I was such a... As a dude, I've been following since, like, 2009. Yeah. And... Like I was, I've watched this guy. I remember when Kids' his first mixtape came out. I was like, "This is crazy!" And then like he had just the projects, and then he did he did this mixtape called Macadelic. Yeah. Um, which is like so ahead of its time, and he had a he had another mixtape called Faces, which like kind of brought them like a jazz element into yeah. his music, which then went on to stay. Yeah. I remember when Faces came out, I was like, "Okay, this because." Sometimes when you see someone's evolution in front of you, it's hard to get it displaced from where you first saw it. Mm. I remember the first time I heard Travis Scott was when he put out Al Faro, which is his first mixtape. Mm. And when he started expanding his sound, I was like, I kind of like Al Faro, which is mo- most people like. The, yeah. the like, yeah. like when the Strokes were doing their second album, I was like, this isn't the first record. I, I like the first record and Arctic yeah. Monkeys and shit. Or um, with Mac Miller, when he did Faces, I was like, this feels like it's the this first record better, again. Yeah. It's like yeah. it's like a, the artist has grown. Yeah. Kendrick Lamar did the same thing when Good Chemistry came out. I was like, the artist has grown. Oh, and then to Pimp Butterfly, fucking yeah. album, bro. dude. Every to me, I think Kendrick is the best new artist of this decade. Yep. I like to Pimp Butterfly, um, Good Chemistry, Damn, Untold or Unmastered, bro. Yeah. Like. He's fucking wild. He's like full genius shit. Yeah, like it, it's he's one of my biggest influences. Yeah, for sure. Well, dude, then you love D Smoke. Oh well, yeah, I, I, I have to check it out, dude. You fucking you legit have to check it out. Like it's he's fucking, like Kendrick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Big time, dude. I'll just play it for you. Right? Yeah, please. Um, pr- that was one of his uh, raps that he wrote for the show. Oh, sick. Yeah, yeah, gnarly, eh? Oh, it's very Kendrick. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's great. And he's from Inglewood, so it's like oh. Inglewood and Compton, 
So uh-huh. like you can see, like, because obviously Kendrick's from Compton, yeah, and hit, hit this dude's from Inglewood, yeah. So you can like see it, you know. Yeah, dude, I love Inglewood. Dude, like, it's cool, huh? Have you you been to Randy's Donuts? Yeah, fire. Crazy, eh? Max uh, Maxwell lived in Inglewood, really, and his studio was in Inglewood. Yeah, and I, I remember because I'd never been there before. I just knew it from Schoolboy Q's music. Yeah, so I was like, "What's this place gonna be like?" <laughs> it's like Schoolboy Q paints a paints a rough picture of it. And I bet it's fucking wild as shit. It just depends like, the sections, where, where you the go sections to, yeah. you're in. But yeah, when I was I was really blown away. Like everyone was really nice. Like mm. we would go out the street, people were like, What's going on? Dude, that's like Atlanta's one of my favorite places on the planet. Yeah, I, I really want to go there. Dude, it's so fucking cool. Like the people are so fucking nice. Like yeah. the whole southern hospitality thing is like Dude. as real as it gets. I was in New Orleans in yep. March for Mardi Gras. Yeah, right. So I did a I did a photo shoot with my uh with jory lee cordy who's my favorite photographer of all time Dude, that's you, know, so pe- you know people are like terry richardson or whatever uh like jory is my number one yeah all-time favorite photographer like such a fan couldn't believe that he wanted to do the shoot i flew to new orleans to do a shoot with this guy and how did that come up uh he had shot the griswolds before oh so dan my producer knew jory you know on, when you go on Instagram, you like look at who people are following. Yes, I was like, why does Jory follow Dan? Yeah, I was like, Dan, how do you, do you know Jory Lee Cordy? He's like, yeah, dude, that's like that's the boy. He, he shot us before. I was like, link it up, and and so he sent Jory the music. Jory was like, this is sick. Fuck yeah! Flew out to New Orleans, did this crazy shoot during Mardi Gras, and um, yeah, bro, it was that's all the press photos that have been used on me this year. Uh, it all, it was all through him, yeah. Jory Lee Cordy. Dude, um, the guy that's just there, Wade, is like a fucking amazing photographer. Oh, sick. Like, Dude. really, really, really cool photographer. But he doesn't do, like, any... You wouldn't know his shit from anywhere, you know? Like, But he's super cool. It'd be fun to, like, do something with you. Dude, to do I've, I've run out of photos from that shoot with Jory. We should do something with Wade, dude. Yeah. I'd love to do something. And he, he help promote, like, this this yeah, podcast or whatever with you that'd be fucking sick because we got a studio just down the road that we use no shit yeah yeah dude I'm, I'm all for I'm, I'm all for working with anyone that is doing cool shit yeah like I love that shit like it's, anyone like this this is the coolest shit right now there's no one that has this like what, you, what you've got cool. here and the setup and the legitness of the whole thing this is this, and that's why I was really drawn to when I, when I watched Kidjo on the show yeah I was like this is like, this is legit as fuck and then I saw um I watched uh, what, what's what's Pink's husband's name? Oh, Carrie. Watch that. Yeah, yeah. Sick. He because he does big, motocross. Yeah, yeah, he does motocross. Yeah, yeah. yeah, old school. He's the first dude to ever backflip a dirt bike. No shit, really. Yeah. That's legit as fuck. Nineteen ninety nine. Holy fuck. Changed the world. Ha, can you do that? Fuck no. Nah. <laughs> I'm backflipping that shit. <laughs> That's crazy. Is what is he super light or is he what's is he super strong? How do you how do you backflip a bike? No, nah, it's just like he he would like everyone does it nowadays. Like yeah. a lot of people are doing triple backflips now. People doing triple backflips. But it was like a four minute mile back then. Wow. You know, it was like it was impossible. People were like it was so cr- dude, a backflip and a dirt bike was like Y two K. <laughs> yeah when right. everyone was like dude when you go upside down it'll fucking the motor will cut out and like all this crazy like people just had the fucking craziest ideas of like what, what would happen have? oh and man. like back then there was no nowadays so what happens is like people have this big foam pit so then they jump and they do their backflip and they land in foam like you mm. don't have to do it just straight up dirt to dirt yeah but he was the first motherfucker that Dude. just like sacked up no foam pits and just tucked one what so, a G yeah full G bro like he is a legit it's crazy that he's with Pink like you you think about like Destiny's Child fucking Pink soundtrack days like mm. she was 
massive. Yeah. And he was the guy that she was fucking yeah. like swooning over, you know? Crazy. Like you got to be a fucking gangster. Totally. To grab pink in yeah. those, in that, in, the, in her prime, in those days, you know? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, he's like, he's a fucking legit, yeah. super legit dude. One of the nicest guys ever too. Man, I, like I, I only know him through pink's music. I'm not a pink fan by any means, but, um, he just seems like a G. He seems like a stand-up guy. Yeah, no, and he, he, he fucking really is. I love hearing when people are good people. Yep. Like the amount of times, especially in music, when you hear like, oh, I was in the studio with X artists and they yeah. fucking sucked. Yeah. Um, it's, I like when, when I hear that someone who... Because a lot of people also put up a front that they're like really great people and then yeah. they might not be behind closed doors. Yeah. Dude, I hung out with... Um, tied to a Vasa, the UFC fighter yeah, recently yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah like two weeks ago and could not have been a nicer guy yeah he's a fucking legend like I because I, I watch all of his fights I'm yeah. like a fan of his are you a UFC guy dude oh yeah. that's sick I'm more well, you're boxing now yeah I'm more of a boxing guy like the um, like wild, uh, uh, the Wilder fight yesterday dude crazy how fucking gnarly is that dude dude he, he's the best he's my favourite he is like, I don't think anyone has ever punched anyone as hard as he has fucking punched people. It's, he's, he's got, like, fucking bazooka hands, dude. It's crazy, He's crazy. Dude. That, he's... Because he's fighting um, Fury in February. Yes. That's going to be stupid. That's going to be crazy. How the fuck did Fury get up from that last time? Dude. Like, he legit got baptized and just got straight back, raised yeah. from the dead. Dude. dude. Like, my favorite fighters right now wilder and fury yeah so them coming together it's just like i'm amped i wish that they made the fucking joshua thing happen like way before because now like ruiz mm. knocked him out or not yeah. knocked him out but ruiz beat him so it's like yeah well no ruiz did knock him out didn't he what the other day At, uh when joshua lost the title did ruiz knock him out or did they I just didn't even catch it i can't remember oh well yeah i wish i just wish they did the Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua, like that's just like two superhumans getting in and fighting, but like yeah. they fucked that up because yeah. he wanted to fight Ruiz and lost. Yeah, dude, like there's something just about bo- fighting, mm. boxing, like UFC, boxing, like any MMA. I just like watch that shit all day. Well, it's just primal, dude. Like there's a there's just a thing in us like we can recognize that. Like yeah, that there's no you don't need to fucking know all the rules. You don't need to know mm. anything about the the game it's yeah. not because it's not a fucking game it's yeah. a fight like, it's two dudes just hitting each other it's it is like it's the most timeless entertainment it's, yeah. it's the og that is TV. the original yeah, yeah that's the original entertainment and yeah. then everything kind of branched off from there yeah like it, you'll never lose that shit it it works all the time there's there's literally i've there's fights that i've watched where i'm like oh it's a bit slow but mm. even the worst fight is better than like I would, I'll watch, and this is going to be, I'm going to lose fans. I'll watch a shit fight over a good game of cricket any day of the week. Fuck those fans if they like, <laughs> if you just lost those fans, fuck those fans. Dude, I, I have this thing, again, going to lose fans. I feel like if you can check your phone when you're playing the game, it's not a sport. Mm. <laughs> like it's, and I, I totally get like fast bowling crazy and shit. But like, for me, as a sports fan, I just can't watch cricket you get like yeah you can like respect i respect the, talent the shit out of it. oh yeah. dude like yeah i i'm the same with like so much i like afl i can respect the fuck out of that oh, but i don't want to watch it dude you know oh man i had um 
Shout out to Mitch Robinson, who's coming on the show. He's one of the best <laughs> AFL players oh, in the country. Dude. <laughs> Shout out to uh, my boy Tom Derricks from the City Swans, man. He's, a, he's a, the most stand-up guy in the world. But, but I'm not watching AFL. But he, he could give me fucking oval side is that what you call oval side seats yeah oval yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he, he could put me in the center of the field and i'd still be like dude i, I like it's gonna be hard to watch I, i've tried to watch it and i've watched it with people that know the rules and explain mm. the rules to me and it's the same as hilltop hoods when i came here i was just, it was too foreign yeah yeah came in i was like nah dude i'm just gonna stick to rugby and boxing like i'm <laughs> i know my shit <laughs> <laughs> um so we got, got sidetracked with the maxwell thing yeah so yeah so you started like so you're writing songs based on that maxwell album yeah and then so like how did that process then to like actually be working with him so um max is like good friends with uh dutch duke one of my producers um and then he knew that i was writing music to beats and then so he's just like let's just have a session and make something from scratch so i went from two weeks prior writing music to max's album to writing music with max and then telling a story about the hotel that i worked at when i was writing music to max's music it was cool it just it just came to fruition it came full circle yeah dude i find a lot of shit with me comes full circle i got i got asked to leave uni the i was, I was in the queensland conservatorium of music really and they for bass no shit bass yeah. guitar bass guitar yeah wow and um they asked me to leave because i was a shit shit like of the worst student but then but why do the worst students make the best artists i, I don't know it's it's a it's i think the best artists have like a a lack of uh not respect but a lack of care for authority mm-hmm. so having like someone tell me to do shit i've just never i've just been bad at it i don't mm. know why i i have all the inclination in the world to help people mm. so if someone needs help fuck yeah i'm there but if someone's like hey do this i'm like fuck that guy yeah i'm right there with you yeah i'd honestly rather have a thousand people listen to a podcast that i want to do yeah than a hundred thousand people listen to a podcast that i don't want to do or that someone you know what i mean yeah. someone told right. me what to do so this is the realest shit anyone ever fucking said because <laughs> that is just facts i i i had this argument with dan my producer who i fucking love and i'll fucking take a bullet for this fucking guy but we had an argument you're allowed to have arguments with your friends and your collaborators he was like we can't keep doing arty shit like pitbull type beat we have to do a trap song we have to do something for the radio and i was like i would rather have a niche audience fuck with arty shit mm. than have a huge audience fuck with something that i fucking hate mm. like i i don't want to make music that i don't listen to mm-hmm. and i'm making music i make the shit that i just fucking like yeah which is why we did the new song because i'm like I, I like fucking sticky fingers I'll, i like ocean alley and shit i'll i want to make some shit like them yeah and i like those guys more than i like little pump yeah but they wanted me to do some little pump shit yeah so like we, they're like we, we can just put it it's so easy we can just throw it in a rap caviar yeah get you know get you the bag get a million streams put it on no jumper world star yeah and i was like but i don't want that yeah i'm like not i'd rather be on those platforms for being me yeah than doing a shitty impression mm. so i'm right there with you yeah i think that but i think that the irony in it is that the people that are bold enough and brave enough to like to stick to that way of thinking that people come around to that way of thinking because they like, cut through i always looked at um have you ever heard of the band issues no 
so there we did like a bunch of stuff for them um like oh, a few years ago we like went on tour with them sleeping mm-hmm. with sirens bringing the horizon no, like that yeah, whole that yeah, whole world scene yeah and um it was so crazy like they're fucking um one of their songs or like all their songs they were just like so fucking weirdly like just it was like chaotic yeah like they had these like crazy fucking um like it was like super heavy with like these weird break beats tyler yeah. had like a a full r&b like uh super high-pitched voice then they had a dude screaming like yeah. it's just such a crazy mix of it but it's like that shit shouldn't work but it does but it was number nine on the billboard 200 for wow. their debut album yeah so it's like the people that have the courage to like do that shit it's like people i always tell people like when people ask about the podcast they're like oh man like it's crazy you got so many people that listen to it and blah 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 like how do you know what people want i'm like i don't give a fuck what people want <laughs> yeah like but it's the honest truth yeah like, i love every single person that listens to this podcast i yeah. appreciate the fuck out of every single person uh-huh. but i don't care what they want yeah like i want them to like enjoy what we're doing like because it's genuine yeah and it's, it's like i i mean i guess i do i care that they like what we're doing yeah. but it's like i can't do anything other than this so i just <laughs> yeah. hope that they like what we do yeah. and i just don't like i don't think people knew that they wanted to listen to gypsy tales yeah they did and now they and now they do so it's like if they didn't know <laughs> yeah that they even wanted this at the start what makes what makes me think that they would continue to know like people don't people here, don't know what they want exactly you've got to like show people and yeah. you've got to be courageous enough in my opinion to show people and the one thing that i would always say around the the band like we did this documentary with them and i was like you guys are connoisseurs of cool Mm, like look at kanye west man yeah kanye west was like laughed at when he was you know fucking pink pole on the backpack yeah i hated him and it's like he was laughed at and it's like that motherfucker changed everything like he really did it went from the full baggy pants and the fucking super oversized tee with the boxes hanging out to gucci everything fendi everything like yeah he fucking literally changed everything like why he was a connoisseur of cool he was like no this is cool as fuck and i don't care what everybody else thinks so it's like there is a certain there is a a certain level that like anybody that really makes it and like lincoln park they're my favorite band of all time mm-hmm. they they told mike shinoda please don't rap just play the keyboard biggest fucking rock band arguably of all time tied the beatles for the most consecutive number one albums mm-hmm. they told them not to fucking do what they were doing yeah uh, and then they're like fuck that and yeah and i was probably like dude this guy needs to shut the fuck up he doesn't know <laughs> anything about music what a fucking idiot <laughs> dude but it's true because their authenticity will break through yeah real shit triumphs fake shit mm-hmm. but you, and you can get fake shit fucking hype as fuck for like a minute you can mm-hmm. get it you can get a hot trend going there's if you look at it, like um look at fucking teo cruz mm. remember teo cruz yeah barely where, where the fuck's teo cruz <laughs> yeah that, couldn't it, tell you what his song is it's a flash in the pan because uh, there was a moment in time where that was on trend where yes seven disco music was the fucking hottest shit yeah where people were like we just want fucking synths that like phase in and out real quick yeah with a big sexy chorus yeah and people wanted that for a minute and then he just supply and demand yeah but it wasn't real because it doesn't cut through because when he starts doing his own thing when he starts like being like breaking out the piano ballads like his, his og shit it doesn't work because people have gone like you already you already gave us this yeah people don't know what they want and so like and that's why i just don't want to drop out like some real fake shit 
and then try and revert back to my myself. Yeah, and be like, hey, this is actually me. Come fuck with me. Yeah, and because that's what he did. And dude, you know who's like a crazy example of that is Miguel. Yeah, dude, Miguel's... When he first came out, you could see he was trying so hard to like fit, fit in, in with yeah. like the thing. Like we watched... Um, we put on all his shit uh, like just on like a YouTube playlist at home the other day cleaning the house yeah and I was like this is fucking Miguel yeah like, this is disgusting where the fuck is Skywalking right now like I want that dude he and was you trash. could see that he was like almost like this industry guy that got like told like yeah dude you got crazy talent like this is what you're gonna do these are the mm-hmm. producers we're gonna hook you up with but yeah. like you could see none of it was him and then as soon as he becomes actually Miguel sickest motherfucker out there totally did you ever see Miguel on that uh, like a HBO show in the early 2000s nah there was this there was this show where they uh, there was like a this band like a, a boy girl band yeah of all singers they want to do like an NSYNC but like the black NSYNC black NSYNC with guys and girls yeah right and, and they were auditioning for like the fifth member and they did a whole show around it and Miguel was like the audition was auditioning for yeah. it yeah and he had the same voice, but people didn't fuck with it at all. Yo, hang on. Sorry, bro. No, we're good. What's up, dude? Yeah, I was going to say, on air side would be fire. Yeah, that's next. Next in the works. That's all right, bro. Nah, dude, that's cool. Our, um, our buddy... Do you know Toby Price? No. Oh, uh, he's uh he's like the Aussie dude that won like the Dakar rally. Oh, sick. Yeah, so anyway, my brother manages him. He's like one of our boys. But he did this race called the Baja 1000 in Mexico. And yeah. I like Wade said, I think he might have just won it. So he got Crazy. second unofficially. But he just said that like the dude that won might have missed a checkpoint, so... No shit. It's like the biggest off-road race in the world. That's great. <laughs> fucking That's fucking epic. Yeah. yeah um, but yeah, so Miguel, anyway. Miguel, yeah. So Auditioning. Miguel auditioned for a show, uh, and they it, it's probably still on YouTube. They just roast him. They're like, this dude, fucking, he, he just doesn't have it. He's, he's And like, everyone that's saying this is now, like, because they were like hot at the time. Yeah. And he was like, just nobody. And they were all like, nah, like, he, like the vocal runs, we don't get it. Like, he's like, and like all like the shit that was like Miguel's signature style now yeah he was bringing to the table then and they were shitting on it yeah so i think what's happened was he's done this show and he's gone maybe the shit i'm doing isn't that great yeah it's been picked up off that show they've gone like the shit you're doing is not that great but you've got a good voice we're gonna yeah. mold that and so they've molded it and it's, he's broken the market with it but people aren't connecting it's with not it. genuine yeah. yeah it's not real and the second he's like fuck this i'm me yeah people are like this dude is the greatest and it just took time yeah that's another thing as well there's so much shit that is too ahead of its time yes and i'm so glad that people fucked with kanye because yeah. i feel like if he did 808 and heartbreaks like 10 years earlier people wouldn't have fucked with it yeah and Dark, Dark fantasy they, people wouldn't have got it Kanye West is like right place, right time every time. Yeah. I feel like he's just far enough ahead. Yeah. Every time because like, yeah. I feel like his shit's always met with a little bit of like, what the fuck? Every time. But it's like, <laughs> it's like close enough. Yeah. To where like he's never, he's never too far ahead, but he's always ahead. 
every Kanye album people say we want the old Kanye yeah every time I remember when Graduation came out and people were like this is sick but like we fucked with the chipmunk samples and college dropout where you're like yeah. the, we like the horns and then when 808s came out he's like why the fuck is there no rapping in this album and then Doctor's Fantasy came out hey we like the auto-tune rapping yeah it, it's every every fucking every time Kanye puts out an album and I see all this shit I'm like people like it's like surely people haven't picked up the pattern yet that every yeah. Kanye album people want the last album yeah and because uh, it's because every time he does an album that's like creates like a new pop wave yes if people are like oh this is now pop so we're gonna make music like that yeah so then people get used to the sound and may and because the because the contemporaries around him are so derivative of the album he's put out the the more that becomes pop sound the better his album sounds exactly so his albums that's why they age so well because they're they're able to follow the trend until he does another album and then that becomes a new pop sound that makes a lot of sense I haven't thought of it like that dude Michael Jackson did the same thing in the 70s and 80s really the exact same thing and uh dude you've kind of like connected some dots for me that's (laughs) fucking cool yeah Yeah, bro Uh, who else did it the Beach Boys did it Um, the Beach Boys did it and the Beatles did it but the Beatles got way more recognition for it. Mm. If you look at like a timeline of the beat, and I'm like, Beatles are like one of my favorite bands of all time. So are the Beach Boys. But if you look at the Beach Boys would do a record, the Beatles do a similar record. But like every time the Beatles experimented, the Beach Boys' last record was a similarly experimental. Mm. But the Beatles executed it better. Mm. It's almost like the Beach Boys took the three pointer. And it rebounded, and then the Beatles caught it and finished the shot. Yeah, yeah. But they're yeah. like, "Oh, we saw what you were trying to do there." Yeah, and that's why, Cheers like, for the assist, totally. And the Beach Boys, I think the Beach Boys get the assist on every Beatles album. Mm. And 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 I didn't know this until someone told me this recently, because I've just been a fan, but I've never. And when when you look at music from the past, you quite often don't listen to it chronologically. Mm. Like you don't. If you're like, I'm going to dive into the Beatles, you don't listen to with the Beatles. Yeah. You don't go, the, and you don't listen to fucking like California Girl, like straight up. You don't go yep. to the first shit first. You go to most popular shit. So if you dive into the Beatles, you're going to first shit you're going to hear is probably going to be Sgt. Peppers or Abbey Road. Yes. And Which that's, is like super down the road for like, in terms of their development. Totally. And, uh, because you're, because you're starting on the most popular shit, which totally makes sense that you start with the most popular shit. That's where Spotify fucks shit up. Yeah, they do because it's like most popular. Like, and I do it all the time. I play like that top three. I'm like, fuck, this isn't like this isn't like a real reflection of like where you should start listening to their music. And people's most popular music isn't necessarily their best music. Their best music by Mm. any means. It's just the shit that's most accessible. Yeah, for the everyday person. Yeah. Uh, like, have you listened to uh, Run the Jewels? Yes. So, like, I love Run the Jewels. Fuck yeah. But their most popular shit is without a doubt there were shit yeah but the album cuts from on the jewels are crazy good yeah and like i'll play that to people if people are like this is cool but then you play like legend has it which is a great song yeah but people are like this is the one but it's like no no the other that's just like, the one that's been played yeah, yeah. this one that you know yeah. <laughs> like the other shit is fire danny brown's a good example of that fuck i love that dude like danny brown to me is like top 20 of all time yeah like the dude is a fucking undeniable legend yes and and uh, controversial gonna lose fans again in my opinion the best rapper out of Detroit my favourite one I know but Eminem, Eminem like, obviously yeah, but like I, I think I, I think I like Danny Rounds music and this is and this is another thing when I compare artists I compare them at when they're at the same, same point of their career yeah so like I can't compare Kendrick and Kanye but I'll compare Kendrick and Kanye because Kendrick's four albums in I, I look at Kanye four albums in yeah okay so I look at Eminem three albums in Danny Brown's only three albums in. Uh, I go like, 
Danny Brown to... Yeah, when you put it like that. Yeah, I'm like, I like Danny Brown's first three records more than I like Eminem's first three records. Mm. I understand Eminem's an undeniable legend, one of the greatest rappers of all time because he's got a huge extensive discography. But if you condense it to where Danny Brown's at, I like Danny Brown's music more. Yeah. I do that with bands a lot as well. Yeah. Um, And people, you know, it creates controversial opinions like me just saying... But it's cool though, right? Yeah. It's like cool conversation. I feel like it's a... I feel like it's a good way to out because it's it, because years outweigh each other yeah like a dude that's been in the game 20 30 years has to be a superior artist in some ways well you look at like stand-ups are really good mm, like, because i feel like that's something you have to just like age into totally like you can you can have like crazy talent and there can be like hits in that but it's like you see a dude like a like a Chappelle yeah. or a Chris Rock or and it's like you just you can just feel the fucking age that's in those guys yeah know? dude and the, such and like Chappelle's uh, one of my favourite comedians of all time but I like Anthony Jeselnik's last special more than mm. I like Chappelle's last, last special. special yeah so I'm a bit, but with comedy comedy's like sport like you know how they say you're only as good as your last game yeah it doesn't work like that with comedy because Chappelle's got this whole legacy behind him same with yeah. music yeah but right at this point in time my favourite comedian right now like just right now in the moment is probably Justin Nick or Theo Vaughn yeah and just, that's just going did you see Theo when he was in Brizzy dude I was in LA when he was Fuck. here my boy Karen was opening for him really yeah huh and um Kidgel's mate as well I think you guys talked about it on the show in he opened for him in uh Brizzy uh, I think he opened for him in Sydney. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I only... Uh, that's how I met Dusty Rich. Because he was opening for Theo? Because he opened for Theo. And I was like, dude, he crushed like yeah. so... And I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, yeah. he was unbelievable. Yeah, and uh, I and love that. Because like Theo's so Theo. Like so unique, so eccentric, mm. so weird. And Dusty has his own element of that. Yeah. Where he's just like fucking batshit crazy. And it's like, how, did, how the fuck do you do this? Like, where does that come <laughs> from, you know? I, I love I love when there's a dude that's like batshit crazy. And then you, you see them and you go, how did you book the show? Like there's there's like I, there's so much with music. Like I see like this crazy artist guy. I'm like who's playing like a huge like opening for a huge act. I'm like either you're f- crazy and you've got a good team, or you can act crazy. But you, you can, can act crazy. Off, yeah, yeah you, you, you're business minded. Yeah. And um, when when I see guys, I'm like you have to be one of the two. Yeah. Because if you're really crazy, like I know people that are really crazy, they don't play shows because they're fucking crazy because they yeah. can't book a show. Yeah. Because yep. they're, they're too. And and because I, I I my my girlfriend's a painter yeah okay so I hang out with artists all the time yeah like art painters all the time yeah and I see that because I'm like that's him he's yeah. just like he's, he's so fucking talented it's like you do an exhibition it'll kill it but he could never do an exhibition he's just off the wall kind of yeah you're just like he's just not he's just not that dude he'd yeah. need like a full time like manager sort of dude to just like push him to yeah. Like literally hold a gun to his head to fucking totally do enough paintings to fill an exhibition, and it'd kill. Yeah, but it's like it just yeah, it's just probably not gonna happen, eh? I thought I was into artist management for a bit. Oh, you thought that's something you were gonna do? And then I was managing myself, and I was like, "Fuck this!" Like <laughs> dealing with a dude that's not me. Yeah, I know. Like it, it's the and I my hat goes off to good artist management. Yeah, because like it Fuck, must you got to be patient. Must be an unrewarding job, like twenty percent when you when if if you if it's an act that you're doing everything for and you're getting like that small of a cut must fucking suck mm. imagine dealing with bands like i used to oh, look at yeah. the like we shot the doco with issues and it was like these guys were so different and it was just these conflicting opinions constantly i was just like fuck dealing 
with this. Dude, how the fuck do the Rolling Stones still play and not kill each other? Yeah, no way. It must be impossible. My uh, buddy Sam went and saw the Stones play in LA and said it was like the fucking best shit he's ever seen. It, it, would it was be. like $900 a ticket. He's like, it was worth every cent. Dude, they would... You would be really alarmed if they weren't the tightest band in the world. Yeah, true, eh? Because they've played they've together played for 50 years. They've done some reps. Yeah. Like, they are... Have you ever seen D'Angelo live? No. Do you know who D'Angelo? No. Um, D'Angelo is like this neo-soul artist from the 90s. But he's had the same band since the 90s. They're called The Vanguard. Yeah, right. And, dude, like, just... You would think they've played for 60 years together. Yeah. Just the tightness of their band is through the fucking roof good that's a show I'd pay $900 for yeah, I, and the right. Stones as well like I, I went and saw Paul McCartney when he came last and it was sick because he was like that's Paul McCartney but it's like oh, it's not like prime time Paul McCartney yeah, you know what I mean like yeah, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not I'm getting the I'm getting the goods I'm getting to see it but it's it, I guess it'd be like um, hooking up with like Shelley Duvall from The Shining, yeah. like now, yeah, <laughs> like, or like playing like in a pickup game with LeBron, or like yeah. watching LeBron play like a game at LA Fitness. Yeah, it's like you're still seeing LeBron. You're still, yeah, yeah, like, you, but it ain't Game Six. Yeah, and it's he's not at the Heat anymore. Like you, you, yeah. you, you can't see him lay up for fucking uh, Wade or any shit like that. Like, yeah. it, like you, you, but again, in the flesh. But you're still seeing LeBron. And I would, and I was so stoked to see Paul McCartney, but man, seeing Paul McCartney like. 40 years ago would have been fucking crazy yeah. crazy crazy good still good to see legends though dude the the whole thing that you were saying before about like just the um oh actually before i forget you know what we we're talking about like shit just going in and out of style yeah you know what that's fucking happening with like just people in general now like mm. where the fuck is Gigi who did <laughs> yeah when was the last time you saw a photo of Gigi who did yeah totally i i don't i don't two years ago yeah well, it was only fucking Gigi Hadid and then every look that like every other influencer chick looked like Gigi Hadid so it's like it's crazy that those trends are coming so fast and like it's now people it's fucking like yeah. it's looks and when I lived in in um, West Hollywood I'd like be on Fairfax and La Brea having breakfast and mm-hmm. it's like you could literally watch fashion emerge and yeah. it's just like come and go and come and go and come and go but I just I thought yeah when we were talking about that before it's like even i had that thought the other day i was like where the fuck did Gigi did go like she was ev- literally everywhere yeah. and it's like now she's fucking nowhere Dude. so it's like even people's look is, is becoming evolving. you know is becoming like this fucking very short time period commodity every single thing is a trend mm. like every foods Remember when the acai bowl was the hottest shit in the yeah, game for real <laughs> everyone was like gotta get that acai yeah now people are like, oh, I gotta get that fucking smashed avo, smashed avo. Yeah, what like everything's a trend. Everything's an Instagram thing, dude. There's a place called the uh, Pavilion in Burley. Yeah, you've been yeah, there. Yeah, dude, they've got a drink there that is a slushy machine that they put rose in it, and they call it a froze. Mm. And I was like, and yeah, I, everything's a meme. Everything's a meme. And girls boomerang them tapping the froze glasses there with the view of of the Gold Coast, right? And I was like, oh yeah, that looks like a bit of fun. I went to go get one of these frosés to see what the whole hype was. Yeah. Dude, they were trying to charge me $14 for a champagne glass with ice in it. Yeah, that's fucked up. They're, like, after the after the thing's been in the slushy, that much rosé. Yeah. That much ice. That's the glass. Yeah. $14. 
girls are paying $14 for a boomerang. You're, yeah, you're buying a meme. Like, yeah. that's all you're doing, eh? So dumb. It's crazy, eh? But that's the, that's the hot thing right now. Yeah, that that it's funny when you hang around dudes like like Luke Kidgel and then or you watch Adam Twenty Two. Yeah, and I watch the way that he talks about shit. Like he's so deep in the scene, and it's like, oh, this is a meme. This is a meme. This yeah. is a meme. And uh, I was reading the, this book, Sapiens. Yeah, who who wrote uh, that? Noah Val. Okay, I'll, I'll send you a link. Yeah, to yeah it. it's fuck, me. it's unbelievable. Yeah, but it's like a it's called a brief history of humankind. So okay. it literally, like, it literally follows um, all of humanity from, like, Homo sapiens to... I've heard the, of this. Yeah, the yeah, whole yeah. way through. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, like, there was a chapter where it was talking about mem- memetics, and it right. was, like, a so like a social and cultural trend. So that's the ter- where, the, where the term meme comes from, right. is memetics. Really? So it's, it goes so far back, but now, like, the whole, like... Like we've always had memes, mm. but it's now it's like Instagram is just, it's just like filtered in mm. to now it's like the peak of memes is like Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, but memetics is like that's like a social cultural study, but oh. now it fits in a fucking now it fits in a post. So it's crazy, and then that's you, crazy. Yeah, and you watch it, and like now I think of things in terms of like it's a meme. And we were talking one of my buddies last night because I do jujitsu. Yeah, okay, sick. And so there's a term in jiu-jitsu called pojada, mm-hmm. and it means it's Brazilian for basically everyday war. Okay. So it's like when you're sick. like hardcore in the fucking grind, it's pojada. So like sick. I post every time I go to the gym, I post like a super serious photo of me like sweating and like beat up, fucking black eye, blood nose and shit, and yeah. I just say pojada. And it's like, it's a meme. That's a meme. It's just a fucking douchey meme. And it's like, <laughs> and the fun, the fun of it. So one of the boys, uh, like one of my tightest mates last night was telling me that he's like, oh, Ty, Ty was saying like, why does Joe say poor hard? Like, cause it, you look like a fuck with like when you, you know what I mean? Cause it's like, yeah. I'm not going, I'm not there every day at the moment. Yeah. So it's like, but I said, that's the fucking meme. Like mm. it's a, I'm just memeing yeah because pohada is like a cultural reference totally so it's so crazy and then like to watch the whole meme thing just translate into everything like little pumps are fucking meme Everything's everything meme. he does is a meme like yeah. the way that he will the like his tweets back and forth with j cole yeah meme yeah everything he does is is for a man it's, it's like awful meme it's like punking culture like it's fucking bizarre to watch it happen it's so great do you reckon and i have i have a, I have a feeling if our whole society just stopped existing and uh, uh, and the do- your dog's freaking out because I'm about to say some real shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> if our whole society just stopped, ceased to exist and then was later like rediscovered, do you think they would look at memes the same way we look at like hieroglyphics from Egyptians and they will think like emojis mm. and memes were how we communicated? Yeah, because they, they, they would be like a part of it because that's yeah. the crazy thing with the meme is like, it can communicate such a fucking deep message. Yeah, they're, in like in one tiny square. They're they're profound. Yeah, they're they're deep, and uh, I I think like because you because we you know we look at memes every day, every day looking at at variations or something. It's and it's all embedded in humor, mm. but there's so many messaging. Yeah, in that cultural humor. undertones. Yeah. It's it's a very interesting time to be a consumer. Yeah, and it, it do you fucking you're so right, and it's so different. It's very different. I, I was thinking this earlier. Um, you know how like back in the day you'd have like Johnny Carson, 
was like hosting daily show yeah 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 he was like the host people would go home they'd watch the show as consumers yeah and that would be that's a wrap but now everybody is johnny carson yeah 100 percent. every single person has their own show and everyone's the biggest fan of themselves yes because you are creating your own show yeah every day every day you've got a story that's an ad for the feed mm-hmm. don't forget me i got feed coming soon every single person's a creator mm-hmm. and that's why i think people are liking shitter things because it's people, more relatable more relatable people like people would rather listen to a song and go i could make that because mm. they, cause it used to be i could make that that sucks now it's like i could make that that's sick yeah because i'm sick yeah and but then there's a flip on it because the rest people become self-obsessed they go like oh but like the funny thing is to be like self-deprecating mm. it's funny to be like ah oh, i suck but really you're like your biggest fan yeah everyone's like so self-obsessed and it's and like i, I can't talk i'm the, i'm saying like i'm the biggest fan of my own music but everyone is the biggest fan of their own shit. Mm. Everyone's doing things for the gram. Yeah. People are, people are going on holiday. People are going to Europe. For the gram. To take a photo. Yeah. People want to do that fucking leaning against the fucking tower. Yeah. People spending all their money working at fucking IGA for two years. So they can go get some likes. Yeah. And then they come back like, what'd you do? Oh, I had some drinks. I, I, I think I, I hooked up with a, with a dude. Yeah. I came back and now I'm back at IGA. Dude, it's fucking true, man. Like, and I I wrestle with that shit a little bit, even as like a producer of this show, mm. because like, I mean, and I've had like I have tons of conversation. Like, Luke's one of the only dudes that I know that's like in this game to like the level that he is. Mm. So even though he's younger than me, and he's been he's been doing it longer, and like he's like navigated this shit a little bit, yeah. I guess more than what I have. But that's like my biggest like head fuck with all of this whole deals like i don't really want to be that that guy but it's weird to like rock up every day and do this shit and like that's where the whole editing process really fucks me because i like i'm looking at myself and yeah like i'd never listen to any of them i edit them all on mute and like even i was in the car in new zealand with a buddy the other day and he put the show on and i just fucking turned the power (laughs) like so like i find it really hard to be a fan of myself and it's like i love what i do and I love the product and I love putting it out there but like I definitely I'm not like a fan in that in that way and yeah. I, and I I wonder like I wonder where that comes from and I wonder what that it's, it's is cause you're a, it's cause you're a true creator mm. do you think that's what it is? that's what it is mm. it, people aren't true creators that's why they love them that's why they love themselves and shit things mm. cause they're just they're just fueling something that doesn't exist they want fake internet points mm. they want fake validation they buy fake followers for a fucking look mm. but you're just a, you're just a dude you're like you don't care about the fucking views you get on some shit if it's real I mean I care about the views in the business sense totally in the yeah, you I, know what I mean like, yeah. and that's where it's weird because like I actively will push the fuck out of this shit just yeah. to like to try and uh, get more people to see it so that I can live a better life essentially totally but I mean there's definitely a point where like like I'll record a, a really fucking dope podcast and I'm like I'm genuinely excited for people to hear it. Yeah. Because I, in the hope that they learn some shit that can literally just help their life. But would you rather have the dopest podcast on the planet and not many people hear it 
or the shittest podcast on the planet yeah, no, and I'd, every single person in the world gives a fuck about it. It just depends what... Nah, I definitely don't even want a podcast that everybody in the world knows about. Like, yeah. that, I think that'd be too much. Like, yeah. dude, I was even listening... Like, I was walking at my... um, Walking on uh, my balcony, like, we live in an apartment building and I was walking and this dude's just, like, in his bed with his laptop open and it's Joe Rogan. <laughs> yeah, well, Joe Rogan's, like, worldwide. He, yeah, he's, like... That's, like, the biggest fucking thing. Yeah. Like, culturally, dude. Like, you want to talk about a cultural thing? Like, fuck me, dude. Like, yeah. he has had such a crazy influence on culture. I don't w- ever want to get to that point. Like, that's fucking... He's, to to he's me, huge. that's crazy. And, and even, like, when I hear people... Like, yesterday, a buddy, he come on the show a couple of weeks ago and it was a really big show and uh, it made the front page of a couple like big websites and stuff cool. and um and he was like oh this chick was telling me about this and i'm like that just feels so fucking weird like <laughs> yeah. I, I feel so removed yeah from and like that per like i have no fucking clue who that and it's it's weird to me that like this conversation could be heard by just such a someone so fucking far away like it's a bizarre it's a bizarre deal dude i get wigged out when i have fans yeah the funniest shit ever happened like two weeks ago i was uh, i was very drunk at a party like fucking hammered and uh i do like grab me he's like brother what's up like i'm such a fan and it was uh tim Amanic, the singer you know? oh yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah like yeah. what a dude like yeah. really nice i but i never like listened to his music and shit and then he won I, some like voice or some shit yeah, right? yeah, yeah 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 he's like dude i love you i love your shit i'm like oh thank you brother and when i used to do stand-up i had a joke about timomatic and i was like it's only right if i say this joke to your face what was the joke? <laughs> so i was like timomatic's about to put out this album and everyone's real excited for it people can't wait for this new timomatic album so he's gone on tv and he's he's promoting the album and he says uh you know, I'm ready to be Australia's MJ. I feel like my my dancing is as good as MJ, and my vocals like every every time I'm in the studio, my vocals getting better and better. I feel like I can sing as good as MJ, and I had to stop him right there. I think Michael Jordan's a way better singer than Tim Matic. <laughs> as I, I said that to like his face, and he thought it was the funniest shit. I that's was like, awesome. I thought he's gonna punch me in the face. But he was like, that's fucking funny shit. Dude. That's a fucking humble dude right there. Really could could totally like take the piss out of himself. I, yeah, have a lot of uh, a newfound respect for Tim Matic. And now when I see dudes like me and him or Clowny, I'm like, nah, he's a really good guy. Like, that, that's one of the things I've learned through this is like, everyone's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. In their own way. Like there's, it's like rare for someone just to be a total fuckwit. Like to- they definitely exist. Yeah. But I, through this, like, and not that there was people that had come on that I thought were fuckwits yeah. but I, there was people I just like I didn't really have that much interest in them mm. but they were doing really well and they were like they were crushing the, the thing that they were doing and then it winds up that they're on here and I've like known them for fucking 10 years and I've just never put any effort into them as a person and I'm like <laughs> you're a fucking loser like that's a really nice guy <laughs> so like that's the that's probably been like for me the one of the coolest lessons in this yeah it's like everyone's pretty fucking cool and everyone's pretty interesting everyone's if, if you just listen yeah totally and everyone's got stories mm. and that like people are quick to write off people mm. and be like oh what, what the fuck does that guy know mm. but people are like like people people that are actually in the i found that people that are in the field in music to be at a level mm. of success you've either had to work super fucking hard or you have to be a really good mm. person because people are less inclined to help you if you're a dick. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter how talented you are, if you're if you're a piece of shit, people won't give a fuck. Mm. 
Yeah, you would have found that working with different producers and stuff, right? They're like, they're yeah. really fucking aspirational, cool people. Yeah. Like, I don't think I've met a producer yet that I wasn't cool with. Mm. Every Everyone's been fucking just lovely. Mm. I was in the studio with um, Khaled Rahim the other day who produced, like, Ariana Grande. Yeah, right. And, um, like, he did, like, her last record. And the dude's like, you look at him, he's like this buff fucking dude he's like looks real staunch yeah. tracks and shit fucking sweetheart of a guy yeah like, couldn't have been nicer and most people are like that there's, yeah. there's like exteriors as well you can base someone on like how they look yes people, like dude every single person in the world thinks I'm like gay as shit <laughs> <laughs> like they'll wear like crazy outfits and stuff to award shows yeah but it's like I've just kind of that's just what I like yeah where does that yeah where does that come from because like, I looked at a photo uh, like when you messaged me the other day I was like looking through your shit and I was like this motherfucker makes me want to dress up for next <laughs> like I got a party to go to this weekend I'm like I want to fucking dress up like, yeah dude and, and it's cool to see that but like where does that come from because I'm not I don't really dress that fucking crazy but I appreciate the, the shit out of it <laughs> the uh, I think it's a little bit psycho like because I uh, I like like to live with knowledge that I'm never gonna see anyone again mm. like so people can fucking I've probably been submitted to brown cardigan so many times but <laughs> <laughs> wearing some real goofy shit like right I'm wearing a fucking jumpsuit I love it right now like a where'd bo- you buy that thing from this is from ASOS dude it's like 20 bucks I was gonna say is that an ASOS jumpsuit yeah feeling it but like it's it's just regular yeah like it's uh, and like people could like well buy do you know dudes wind down their windows and yell shit at like homophobic slurs at me whenever I'm walking down the street because I, I like live by Pack Fair. Yeah, so I walk Pack Fair all the time, and um, people are like, just yell shit out because it's like they're it's it's a reflection of themselves. They're scared. It is, man. They're scared to be comfortable. Mm. So they're like, bro, I gotta get my I gotta get my brown. I gotta get alpha. I gotta get alpha as fuck. Gotta right get now. alpha as fuck. I gotta get super tight I should be wearing XL I'm gonna get medium yeah. I'm gonna hit that medium shirt from Colch Kings I got my my fucking Air Force fucking ones on and um but people follow trends as well mm-hmm. there's such a safety have you ever been to the island rooftop bar no go there to watch culture die it yeah. is people will you will cause I used to fucking work there you would see outfit changes yeah every three weeks yep 100% it was like everyone's wearing low top vans everyone's wearing low top converses everyone's wearing low top vans Doc Martin's back in yeah Tim Blands are back in yeah and it's like one person breaks the mold everyone follows that shit mm-hmm. one person breaks it everyone follows it because people don't want to get singled out mm-hmm. people are like don't look at me yeah I don't want to stand out there's a there's a thing though that I wonder with people like it's always interesting to me like the reasons why people do shit like you've got your style and you're like not scared and and it's like can be that's like you want to be unique and there's like a real genuine like there's a way that that can be super genuine and then there's a way where it can be super disingenuous because all you're doing it for is like that attention and and validation of like i'm different and i'm special and so it's like i think that's the problem with it but it's like the, then the real problem is like the person that is like looking that at, at the person and it's like their perception so mm. it's like are you gonna be the dude that thinks that it's very genuine and fuck that's cool that guy's like really expressing the way that he feels and he wants to be unique or are you gonna be the fucking asshole that's like look at this motherfucker want it so it's like yeah a person could have two 
intentions wearing it and being like, you know, choosing to dress like that. But then the person that is looking at that person can choose the lens that they want to look at it. And it's like, do you want to be the fucking asshole that thinks of it negatively straight away? Yeah. Or do you want to be the person that like thinks of it in a positive light? So I find that shit super interesting to, you know, like what are they, what are their reasons? But then also like, how am I looking at it straight away? Like what's my, what's my reflex when I see someone like you that is wearing a fucking ASOS jumpsuit? Yeah. (laughs) Because it's like, it's like, it's a shared responsibility in a way, which is weird, right? <laughs> totally is, man. And it's, uh, I think my, my whole style is coming from uh, just expression. Yeah. And being expressed. It's the same as the music. I look at it the way I look at music. And um, and I, I was always getting clowned for some shit because I, I was super poor until like the other day. <laughs> and, 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 That's the best. and so i would just be thrifting shit yeah and because I, I got like broad shoulders man i play rugby so i gotta get like big shit um so and the only shit that they had that would fit me at the op shops were like these hawaiian shirts from fucking lowe's that's dope as fuck yeah but i was such a kanye fan i wanted to dress fly as fuck so i would be like all right how do i get this hawaiian shirt make it cool yeah i'll buy some shitty jeans i'm gonna d- distress the jeans like and I would watch dude I'll take some wild shit so I went to a club called uh, Envy uh, on in the Sydney Gold, or uh, Gold Coast, Gold yeah. Coast I was 18 years old and I was wearing it's, it's a terrible outfit now but at the time dude this was fucking fresh as fuck fresh as fuck so I got um, I got like some shitty jeans from the op shop cut them up distressed them before distression was in cause I saw it in um, I saw it in like it was a TV show from the 80s and um, in the opening credits, you know, back when they used to have the opening credits yeah. where like the dude like turn around and like it would say his name and shit. Yeah. This dude had distressed jeans on, and I was like, holes in jeans, okay. And when, I'm such a fan of Wayne's World. Yeah. And but like that style had just been gone for like ten years. Yeah. And I was like, fuck it, all right, I'm gonna cut these jeans. My mom's like, what are you doing to your pants? And I'm like cutting these jeans up, and I'm like, all right, I got this plain gray t-shirt, and I got a flannelette shirt and tied it around my waist. Yeah you'd see a mannequin wear that now regular yeah i went out and a dude tried to fight me because he was like you're wearing a fucking skirt like because the flannelette tied around the waist yeah this dude threw punches at me his name is quinn he works at grilled i hope he still works there <laughs> and <laughs> i got a record deal motherfucker <laughs> my skirt was sick my skirt was fire and then so this dude straight up tries to fight me at a bus stop out the front of envy because he was like you're wearing a skirt you're fucking homophobic slurs and um i see that dude a year later bro with the flannelette around the shirt really yeah doing the same shit mm. but it was just because the mold hadn't been broken yet yeah Kanye, wasn't popularized Kanye hadn't done the Bound 2 video yet people weren't people weren't ready for that outfit and then seeing that fool with that look yeah how do you go from beating up a dude for wearing something to wearing it 12 months later but that's the mentality of most people mm. they're not that extreme but people are like fuck this until it's become en- until enough people have it where yeah. they go I need to blend it I need to wear it yeah because when he was wearing it everyone everyone was wearing it mm-hmm. it was a look and then when I was on that when everyone was on that I was like I'm gonna bring, wear tracksuits I like run DMC I'm gonna wear a tracksuit everyone's like what are you a fucking athlete mm. I was like nah this is comfy I like it 
they wouldn't let me into clubs wearing a tracksuit. Yeah, right. Because it was like, people were like, why you can't wear now like nowadays you can do that shit for you go to a club everyone's wearing a tracksuit yeah I would I'd pull up to that they're like no fucking way go get changed you're wearing pajamas yeah and then when I'd wear the distress shit get out of here you can't come to a club you what you ripped your shit yeah and uh dude I I, <laughs> I try to wear a um a jumpsuit like a full length one yeah I got, this cra- I got jumpsuits because I, I perform a lot of my shows in suits and jumpsuits yeah Try to wear a jumpsuit to the to a bar recently. They're like, no. Nah, Maybe I'll wear a jumpsuit this weekend, bro. Ch- channel that shit, bro. I got one. You can wear it. <laughs> That's sick as fuck. I, I got heaps. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, dude, it's you. So you got to break the mold for every motherfucker to just come jump on the ship. Mm. But it's, it's, it's regular, and I, I'm used to it now. Mm. And but I'm not wearing shit to try and like break molds. I'm not wearing shit like uh, like GQ did this huge article on me in style this year, which like. <laughs> one of my friends was clouding my outfit recently I was like Brad don't make me hit you with my GQ article like <laughs> I'm, gonna slap, <laughs> I'm gonna slap you in the face with that shit <laughs> and like people try to tell me like dude wait, you can't wear that I, I I wore a sequin suit to a wedding and it was fucking fire <laughs> but what is it about the fashion stuff that because like I feel like there's people that like they they care or they don't like and yeah. I'm sort of like I want to say I care, but like I sort of just, I just run t shirt and fucking shorts and vans every single day, pretty much. But, but it's like, but I appreciate the fuck out of it. But one of my best mates, Shane, is like the most stylish motherfucker I know. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know, there's some, I don't know why. Like some people just have like a thing. My brother's super fucking stylish. Dude, but the thing is, if that's what you wear, that's you. That is the style. It comes yeah. back to music. Authenticity trumps it all. If you're, if your style, like, look at, like, someone like fucking Kelly Slater or someone. Mm. Dude will just wear, like, a fucking billabong shirt and some shorts. Mm. And it's fire. Because it's him. Because it's him. And it's really him. Mm. It's authentically him. You can tell when someone's not... You, Being authentic, yeah. You see a dude in, like, a medium Gucci shirt and some fucking true religion jeans. You're like, that's not you, dude. Like, you can tell because they look uncomfortable. That's Abercrombie and Finch Mannequin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell that when someone's not real because mm. it stands out more yeah I totally agree with that people and and I see like girls my like cause I, I got I got a lot of female friends for, through style because I don't know girls thought I was gay they dig that shit for so, sure so they just like pulled up they're like hey let's be friends I'm like yeah we can we can be friends but like yeah they're like he's cute I'm like I, I don't know <laughs> is he <laughs> yeah. and um, <laughs> and like so I got like heaps of female friends and they go out of their way to dress in the most uncomfortable shit mm. especially with footwear the most uncomfortable shit like you don't need to like we need to I gotta dress like this to, mm. to yeah I'm not a fan of that shit just like if you wanna wear and right now and it's it's changing now as well cause girls are starting to wear Harley Davidson shirts mm. every girl ironic fucking yeah. band shirts and shit yeah like by by February, every girl in Australia will own a Harley Davidson vintage shirt. It's fucking weird. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> but those girls would clown girls for wearing Harley shirts eight months ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a fan of the Harley shirts. Like, a, like they're a bit overplayed. You can maybe get away with a Daytona. 
But just like, the whole, it's just like ironic shit in general. Like, yeah. oh, really? You like Megadeth? <laughs> yeah. You like Megadeth? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, dude. What's your favorite? What's your favorite Tool song, bitch? They and you know the, that was happening with Wu Tang Clan that five years yeah, ago. Yeah, dude, for sure. When everyone's wearing. Yeah, tell Wu-Tang. me who Rizza is. Yeah. Yeah, no, no one knows the jizzer. No one knows. The, <laughs> <laughs> no one knows ODB. Yeah, and uh, it's people. It's just trends, mm. it, and I feel like a lot of those trends coming from uh, from Jer- you know Jerry Lorenzo, Fair God. Mm-mm. So he was styling Justin Bieber. Oh, and, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like Kanye's old stylist, and um, he really like went hard on bringing thrifting in. Yeah, around like 2013, 2014. Yeah, like band tees, so he could get like. Bieber wearing band tees and um, like Ariana Grande and shit mm. wearing these like heavy metal like fucking yeah, like Lamb of God and shit, and yeah, shit. like Metallica uh, uh, Eagles of Death Metal yeah. and shit like all like th- wear their merch and so people would just see it and go like that's fire and <laughs> my sister thought my sister's a teenager but like three years ago she thought Guns N' Roses was a brand. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucked up. Yeah. She thought it was a brand. She was wearing a Guns N' Roses tee. I was like, you know Axl Rose? You know Slash? She's like, well, what's that? Huh? She's like, what's, what's that? I was like, your shirt? She's like, oh, it's just, I, I thought it was a brand. I just thought, I thought just, you know, everyone's at school has got this brand. They're all good. They're you all can't good. be mad at it though, I guess. I can't be mad. Yeah. Uh, like, dude, I, <laughs> there's a Hannibal Burroughs joke where he, um, he says that his dad asked him if he's uh, seen The Wire. I don't know if you've seen The Wire, the show. No, I don't know what it is. But well, you know yeah, what it is. Yeah, yeah. And then Hannibal's like, I was going to clown my dad for just getting into The Wire. But then I realized I discovered Jimi Hendrix through Hulk Hogan's walkout song. <laughs> <laughs> and people like people just yeah. find shit in their own time. Yeah. And especially now, everything's digital. Mm-hmm. It's not people aren't getting all their shit from the same avenues, same you know, same streams. There, yeah. people are coming across shit like I'm discovering new shit all the time. Yeah, like two years ago, I found out about Anthony Hamilton. I don't, um, he does that. He um, he has he's got two huge songs, but one of them's with uh, Twister. Um, I forget the shit, but Fire. Yeah, and um, I I can't be like if <laughs> if if I was like, hey, you know Anthony Hamilton, and someone's like. Who the fuck are you just getting into Anthony Hamilton now? Yeah. People just find shit when they find shit. That's true. And I used to get hell mad when people would talk about Travis Scott. Yeah. I was so early on Travis Scott. Yeah. And I remember watching the Travis Scott documentary. I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, uh, the one on YouTube? The one on Netflix. Oh, no, I haven't watched that one yet. So there's a scene- I watched the, some old like uh, YouTube shit from it. Oh, yeah. back in the day, yeah. There's um, there's a scene in the Netflix documentary where Travis Scott's playing a festival. I'm pretty sure it was at Complex Con. Yeah. And Mike Dean, his DJ- took a video of the and there's like 20 people in the crowd i remember watching that when it happened yeah right i watched the live stream of that yeah that's fucking cool yeah and it was like people talking about like oh look how long ago it was he only had 20 fans that was me yeah <laughs> i was fucking with it so hard back then but i can't get mad at people for being like yeah bro you heard travis yeah. scott it's like yeah no i don't know he's great yeah how, how great he you, you, you can't be like Oh, I was the first in on that shit. Yeah. So I would just be getting frustrated all day. Yeah. I was, I was so early on Post Malone as well. Yeah. Because of Mac Miller. Yes. Mac Miller tweeted White Iverson, like when it came out. Yeah. Dude, I met, I met, um, I met fucking Post Malone at Warp Tour like, fuck, six years ago. That's crazy. Yeah. It was like right before White Iverson. 
Like it, it was before that he that, even dropped that shit. And then he was crazy. like, he was like, hey man, I'm Austin. <laughs> and I'm like, hey dude, what's up? And like, we just fucking chilled in this motorhome and like, he didn't really say much and then fucking peaced out. And then like, it was probably like months later, White Iverson dropped. And I yeah. was like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> like he was a megastar dude overnight. Yeah, overnight. yeah he was just like this fucking, and he looked, literally was looked the same. Like he was yeah. the same dude. It was crazy. He, I'm such a fan uh, he he lost me on Bear Bongs and Bentleys, but he, he won me back on the new album. I haven't really listened to too much of the new album, actually. It's, it's sick. Did you see him live when he was here? No. He was fucking good. I bet. Yeah, it was really fucking good. I um, I forget. What, I was in LA when he... I, I'm always in LA. When How much are you over there? Uh, a I, lot? I've probably spent two or three months of this year. So okay. Like, like a, th- a quarter of the year. Yeah. So far this year there. What's it like being an artist out of like the Gold Coast or Brisbane? like it just in general yeah um it's well there's no one really doing what i do yeah because i'm this like there's no like who the fuck do i talk to about this shit you yeah know? there's i've got so through doing the conservatorium i've got so many friends that are like singer songwriters what's the conservatorium the university i went to oh okay yeah, yeah um so through that i've met so many amazing singers like i went to see my friend jackson james smith play at dust temple in crumbin oh sick uh last night night before last night yeah like uh, me and this dude used to play the cavern at nobby's beach to three people yeah and then he sold out this venue on the gold coast and it was so cool that there's you know a scene that's starting to happen here with that style of music yeah but if i wanted to talk to someone about my kind of music nah When when i first came out there were dudes that rapped at the uh lone star in broad beach yeah they would have a hip-hop night there. Yeah. And I was like, I remember I went to one of them. I was like, nah. This isn't my shit. This is, it was whack. Yeah. Everyone thought they were in D12. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fucking sick. Yeah, it was It was not not a good vibe. Yeah. Um, and like, they would cancel it because people were getting to fight. <laughs> Like, it was really scummy. Yeah, that's fucking hectic. And Some they, people love that shit, though. Yeah, oh, there's totally an audience for it, I bet. Yeah. And then they moved it to um, Players. I couldn't help but feel sorry for people that went to the strip club to see some titties and they just see some dude in really big jeans. Just fucking wrapping out. <laughs> yeah, just wrapping about barbecues. Bars. <laughs> so yeah, I, I kind of, I, I skipped, I don't know what any of those dudes are doing now. I don't even know who the fuck they are. I might yeah. still be making music. Yeah. But um, yeah, I missed that whole kind of scene. And then on the Gold Coast, man, there's, I can't think of anyone that does. Yeah. Well, and then people probably are doing shit. I don't know if they're like, out here to like what that. level yeah yeah it sounds real dickish to say like on my no, fucking no, level no, or something I mean. but like no there's one, just lanes people are in you know like it's got nothing to do with how big or small something is yeah. i think it's just like i think people can take it the wrong way when you if you say something like that but it's like man would fuck people exist in lanes dude totally and I, I would imagine there's probably not too many people on the gold coast who are living off being recording artists yeah people can live off gigs like my friend scott dalton who's like the best fucking guy in the world he's gigging every day yeah at like cafes and shit making great money because he's like just he's so good he's playing like two hours of cafe next day two hours of cafe you, mm. you can definitely make a living doing that but i'm talking recordings be like fisher amy shark mm. me maybe someone else maybe I don't know how Eliza and the delusionals are going, mm. but I, I would imagine it would just be the three of us. 
Ziggy Alberts is probably doing all right. Is he from the Gold Coast? He's around here. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's he's doing great. Yeah, he's killing it. But yeah, like it's not... And, and like, especially like your sound, like I don't think there's anyone really... Well, there probably is people in Australia, but like it's... You've just definitely got like a super unique sound. The the closest I've come across to me, because I've met fucking everyone, dude. Like I, I'm starting to run out of people to fucking meet in the industry in music. Yeah, yeah. The closest to me... Um, probably Travi P. Have you heard of Travi P? Yeah. Dude from Redcliffe. Yeah. Okay. One of the nicest guys in the world. Like I, that that's a guy who I cannot speak oh, higher yeah, of. Yeah. yeah. He opened for me in Sydney about two months ago. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's pretty funny. I uh, before I before I play any shows, I get a massage. I go <laughs> I go to, like the local massage parlor, hit it up. <laughs> that's get, sick. Get a, it, It's like get the, loose. It's like the only cool thing about me. <laughs> <laughs> before i play a show like I, I i go get a massage and um there's a massage place across the road from the from the venue yeah and i walked in and uh the place like the room had like a shower in it and i was like uh interesting yeah <laughs> and then um so i'm lying down i'm getting like the worst massage of all time and she's just literally there waiting to be like roll over 20 bucks extra totally yeah. and then uh so she gives me a bad massage she's like all right thank you i'm like oh that's kind of trash but whatever and um, walk back, and then Trav was like, "What are we doing?" I was like, "Oh, it's getting a massage." He's like, "Cross the street," and I was like, "Yeah." He goes, "Oh, dude, like they don't even massage you; they just jack you off." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, you ever realize that like, you're an ugly dude when <laughs> like the rub and tuck chick doesn't want to jack you <laughs> off?" I, I just got like a straight up shit massage. I would rather have her just gone and like, "Do you want to get jacked off?" I would have been like, "No, I need to get a massage because I'm like <laughs> on tour. I'm sore as fuck." That's and fucking yeah, funny, dude. Missed out. <laughs> That's so. Missed good. out on getting a massage. <laughs> That's yeah. fucking funny. It's have you great. got? Have you got any other weird shit on your rider? Uh dude. Because I like get drunk before shows. Yeah. Okay. So I'm one of these terrible people. They're like, you can't do that. And um, but like my show is like a wavy because I'm like. I'm not You're kind of wavy. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm not like hammered. Yeah. But I've I've had some you drinks. Got a buzz. And like I like tell jokes between the songs. Yeah, okay. I'll tell like a funny story and shit about like I, I got I got one joke that just fucking slayed. I was on tour with Slum Sociable. I don't know if you know them. No. They're like one of my favorite bands. So I didn't even know that they knew I existed. And then I got hit up my agents like Slum Sociable want to do a tour with you. And I was like, dude, like what the fuck? I love these guys. Music. I'm like such a fan. You ever yeah. you ever like you ever like a fan of someone, but you don't want to hit them up. And you don't know if they know who you are. Yeah, yeah. This is very much the case with these guys. I've listened to their music for a long time, and then they it turns out they were fans. Yeah. So we go on tour together, and I had just got back from South Korea, and I play. I don't know if you heard about this. This is like in the news. Um, I was playing at, at Ultra Korea, which is the biggest music festival in Asia. Really? Yeah. That's sick. Yeah, it was mad, and uh, there was a secret headliner. Secret headliner was Rick Ross. No shit. Who like got to hang out with them and yeah. shit before? It was, it was it was mad, and he was there with that Jordan Woods chick from the Kardashians, and she was nice. And yeah, um, but we're all, we're all just hanging out, and then I, I'm on before Rick Ross, and I walk out, and there's like fucking Korean people everywhere. There's a cool video on my Instagram of it, and uh, I walk out, and these Korean women just start crying, like crying tears, and their hands are out and shit, and people just going fucking nuts. I'm like, dude, I've got fans in fucking Korea. People going fucking crazy. And it wasn't until like 
halfway through, I realized that they thought I was Post Malone. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I like fucking... Everyone's in the crowd going, play one, I'm Yeah, <laughs> everyone's like waiting for it. And dude, because I was like the only um, like hip hop act up in the Rick Ross at this festival. It was yeah, all okay. like, like Skrillex, Duke Dumont, Swedish House Mafia, Rick Ross, me, Korean acts. No shit. Dude, do you remember when Skrillex got arrested in... Uh in LA like a year ago or maybe like a bit over a year ago for like playing music too loud in his Tesla no that's fucking mad <laughs> so like so we, I, we used to live on Fountain like you got Sunset yeah, like where yeah. the comedy store is yeah and then there's La Cienega yeah and then you've got Fountain is the one underneath so we were in the apartment blocks that were on Fountain Sick. so like I, I'd ride my bike everywhere so I like just literally got down the stairs out the front on my bike sitting at the lights on my pushy waiting for the lights to turn and then um and then fucking skrillex is there in his tesla and i can't remember what song he was on but i like it wasn't loud at all and i yelled out tune like to him and he was like fuck yeah and so he cranked the music like heavy loud and then pulled off the lights the fucking thing was just exploding with sound and then the cops literally stopped him and fucking arrested him no way <laughs> yeah so for, you caused no, Skrillex's cause arrest. Get arrested that's fucking awesome i can't wait to fucking meet him one day and be you like, gotta tell him that i'm like sorry homie but yeah it was like it like literally made the news and shit because they like yes. fucking pulled him out of the car and stuff that's he had a, wild he had a fucking crazy sound system going that what place. kind of tesla did he have uh one of those white um suv ones they're sick. Yeah, it was gangster as fuck. Dude, I love a Tesla. It was so fucking funny though, eh? That's and then uh, sick. I went back up into the apartment and my buddy that I was living with is like, dude, did you see Skrillex got arrested? I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm the fucking reason Skrillex just got arrested. What song was it? I can't even remember, can't. dude. Like, it was just some fucking, it was like just some rap song that was sick. blowing up at the time. Man, I, um, Skrillex has a new song, a newish song called uh, Midnight, Midnight Hour. Mm-hmm. It is a bit, I don't know that yet. It's the best thing I think he's done since he first came out. Yeah, dude, I've, I'm fucking so on board with Skrillex. Like, I, uh, underrated. He's like a legacy artist for me. Like, totally. I think like he's one of those guys that took like such big risks with sounds mm-hmm. and like just fully did his own thing. And yeah. he, he's done it over such a long period of time that like he, I don't give a fuck what he does now. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah, dude, I was, I was uh, somewhat skeptical going in to his new single. Because he's an artist that has just been around for so long, did dubstep, the probably arguably the greatest person to do dubstep. Fuck yeah! Uh, popularized it for totally sure. Totally popularized it. And then when I was like, all right, let's see what this new sound is, because he's got to evolve. Yeah. New sound was just a great mix of pop, contemporary hip hop, and like contemporary dance music. He just like the dude's just underrated. Mm. Even for a guy that's really well rated underrated yeah still underrated yeah. still under like and i love that shit yeah yeah he's fucking so like yeah just one of those guys for me it's like yeah whatever you wherever you take music like i'm down to just like i'm down to hear yeah uh, I, that, that's a guy i, I will support mm. I, I don't think, <laughs> this is the first interview where i've i've come out in support of skrillex <laughs> but yeah <laughs> oh, i think he's great and he's got like a uh, he's got like a metal background or like a hardcore yeah, background he was in like a full fucking screamo band man it was sick as yeah. fuck fucking mad because that's that's what that would be my other thing like i've always been super eclectic with music mm. so i can listen to fucking everything trap shit and then the very next song i can listen to like system of a down and fucking totally so like i've always loved that fucking that screamo shit we used to get a sound wave every year and just get Sick. like fucking loose in the pit are you gonna go to that uh down low festival where's that at it's in rna showgrounds i think 
Really? My Chemical Romance headlining. Wow. Yeah. Fuck, dude. Helena's like one of my favorite all-time songs ever. I th- I think um, I'm Not Okay Yeah. is one of the things that got me into music. Really? Yeah. So I, what was your first like... The first shit I heard... Um, well, my mum is obsessed with... The, my mum's uh, like a, a, a black lady. Yeah. So like she introduced me to... So have you got a white dad? Yeah, my dad was white yeah. and my mum's black. Yeah and um what, like what race like well, polynesian i'm um, my mom's fijian yeah okay which is like the the black polynesian yeah yeah and um my, my dad was uh was pakia yeah and um so my my uh i sound my mom was really into the fujis lauren hill biggie um that's sick yeah my dad was really into pink floyd yeah the cars fucking uh, played, he played a little bit of Motley Crue, but not too much. I heard a little bit of it, but like his Pink Floyd was his was his shit. And then my mom was really into the Fugees, so I think that like those two kind of came into play. But the first shit I independently liked, and and also my uncle, when I was in the fifth grade, he bought me late registration Kanye West uh. album, and that uh, that if anything got me into stand up because of the Bernie Mac skits yeah and I remember listening to the Bernie Mac and I knew fuck that's crazy eh that it yeah. can influence like something that's so indirect can have like a big influence totally I cause I couldn't I didn't have enough rhythm to do the Kanye raps yeah but I knew all the what the fuck Kanye and like do all the Bernie Mac skits between the songs yeah and then I Dude, I, I remember the um the fucking Chris Rock bit man oh in Blame Game yeah, yeah crazy Kanye reposted my <laughs> pussy there's the best shit fucking so the genius the best bro. shit that was that, that whole Doctor's Fantasy album is my favourite album of all time yeah it's, it's fucking it's, dude it's, you know what is crazy is Nicki Minaj on Monster mm, that to me is like that's one of the best rap verses of all time bro yeah dude I, I was already on Nicki Minaj when that came out and because uh, she had just signed to uh, Young Money, yeah, and like I'm a, and I know you're not allowed to say this, but I'm a really big Lil Wayne fan. I fucking love Lil Wayne. Dude. I love Drake too. It's fucking all that <laughs> old school shit, bro. Like I uh, was so into that first Drake album. Oh, Thank Me Later. Yeah, yeah dude. Thank Me Later. Take care. Take care. Nothing Ooh. was the same. Ooh. Like that's hitters. Yeah. Back when Drake sounded like Lil Wayne. Yeah, back yeah back when Drake was trying to be Lil Wayne, yeah. that was the best Drake for me. And then Drake kind of lost me after those first three albums. He's like another... I have these artists where it's just like, if they've done like a significant thing for me, it's they just get a whole pass. Oh, really? I'm just like, whatever. I don't think... Do you, bro. I don't think Drake did enough for me to give him the whole pass. Yeah, true. Because I... Like, when I heard like... Oh, it's like fucking... Let, he just put out a new song like last week. What one is it? It's called Loyal. Oh, uh, Okay. I was like, dude, this is not it. I just got to respect a dude that can fucking make that much music. He's very, he's very, um, what's the, what's the fucking word when you make lots of music? Uh, uh, they, and they put it, they used to put it in all my articles. No. Pro- prolific. Prolific. He's is very, that what you're looking yeah, for? he's a very prolific artist. Yeah. It's insane, dude. Like even back in Take Care days, I was, and then he started doing those mixtapes. I was like, oh, he's doing too much, man. Like he's going to lose it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Cause there's like the Kanye, there's the there's the Drake model and then there's like the Kendrick Lamar model because I feel like they're the two dudes that are like on either ends of like the spectrum at the moment in terms like the biggest artists and it's like you've got Drake you've got Kendrick one goes away for years at a time one's just fucking everywhere yeah and like you're right man like he misses the mark so much 
yeah, but it still works. He he. The thing with Drake is he's so big. When he misses the mark, there's still Doesn't a huge matter. audience yeah. for yeah. people that people that love his shit songs. They're like, this is I love this. Like he he did a song called Signs, which was fucking unlistenable. Yeah. I was like, this is the worst shit. I was, I was like, okay, Drake's fallen off. Dude, Hotline Bling. Great. I thought that was, I was like, he's fucked up. Oh, really? Dude. And, and then I was just like, ah, fuck. It's sick. You got me. The, the, but I was the same, first listen on that, first listen on God's Plan. I was like, this is trash. And then I'm like, the songwriting's amazing. Yeah. And the melody's amazing. And the sample in that is made, even though it was the complete fucking rip of Cha Cha by Dram, a song that came out a year earlier. Oh, really? But I'll just under the rug on that but um and like dram even came out and was like what the fuck this dude stole my fucking song and then he gets a career off the back of that does that broccoli song with little yachty oh um, yeah yeah like his his career was spawned from drake stealing his song that's heavy but um cheers drake yeah yeah got a whole career out of it so like yeah, shout out to him um but yeah there's drake is an artist who can can hit and miss and Kendrick's an artist who, because he doesn't release that much music, it's just hit, it hit, has hit, to hit. Because hit, hit, hit. Drake, Drake can afford a miss. Yeah. Because there'll be another one in like two months. He can just he can rekindle it. Yeah. I feel like Kendrick. Kendrick's like um, Kendrick's almost like an athlete in that sense. Where like you know if an athlete has a bad game, everyone's like or like a bad season. People are like oh he's fallen off. Like yeah. um, like the captain of the Brisbane Broncos in the NRL had a really bad season this year, and so everyone's like he needs to retire. He needs, yeah. to, he needs to hang it up. Yeah, people say that like about fucking all these athletes. Kendrick's the same. Like people because there's such a gap between his records, people start questioning. Yeah, his relevance. And people go like oh you know if he comes back, what's he gonna do? People do that with Frank Ocean as well. Yeah, because Frank Ocean's only he's two albums in. And he's like one of the biggest acts of the decade off the back of two albums, which no one else has done that. He's a crazy fucking talent, dude. I'm like, I think a fan. he's one of the bit like best artists in like in the game. Yeah. Right now. Like that fucking um pyramid song. <sighs> the second half of that track. Oh. Dude. Stop it. Do you know do, but you know who uh, who produced that song with him? Nah. John Mayer. Fuck, there you go. There Makes you go. sense. Yeah, John Mayer. Is uh, John Mayer is so underappreciated in uh, the hip hop world? Uh, John Mayer worked on Mac Miller's last album. Yeah, yeah. Um, he John Mayer played the guitar and co-wrote. There's a song on the album called Small Worlds. Yeah, my favorite song on the album. Uh, John Mayer's guitar songwriting that. John Mayer worked on Astro World, Travis Scott's last album. Really? Yeah, dude. John Mayer is out here. John Mayer worked on um, Tidal Signs, Beach House Three. Uh, man, John Mayer's like out here. That's crazy, yeah, dude. I love having conversations with guys like you that are like deep in the music. <laughs> oh thing yeah, because yeah like, I'm, I'm out here. Uh, yeah, like I love music, but I, I'm not going that deep. Dive. But like you live this shit, and it's yeah. fucking so rad to like, I guess like live vicariously through like the way that you see this shit. It's cool as fuck. Oh, thank you, bro. Uh, also, I have a question. This mm. has nothing to do with music. I can't tell if it's a lie. Do you have a silver tooth? Mm. Nah, this one's fake. Ah, dude, I got fake teeth too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, so man. like the gum at the top go, gets a bit weird because of like the implant or whatever. How did you do it? Did you break your tooth? Mountain biking. Dude. Knock my fucking teeth out. That's, I like, that's a story. My shit's not a story. I, my whole one of my teeth are fake. Really? Every single one. How'd you do that? My, um, my teeth were naturally really crooked. Like they looked like someone fucking hit shuffle on my face. And they <laughs> were like, and I could, and I was doing media and press at the time and I couldn't watch interviews of myself in it. 
and it made me mumble when I talked. I'm still trying to get out of it now. Yeah. Uh, and it gave me like a real monotone of voice because I was mumbling so much because I didn't want people to see my teeth. Yeah, right. So I'd like talk with my mouth like really minimally open. That's crazy. And um, yeah. So sometimes I see people's teeth. I go, that's a fake tooth for sure, dude. Yeah, and dude. Uh, I, I do that shit now too. I, I love it. I, I, I'm hyper aware of teeth. I'm in the teeth game. Shout out to my dentist, Dr. Arthur. He's, um, I, re- <laughs> I remember I was, uh, I was getting th- these teeth done. And you know, do you remember Mike Goldman from Big Brother? Yeah, yeah. So he like FaceTimed me. Oh, and, shit. Yeah, when I was getting, like, he's like the homie and shit. Yeah, he's, he's a cool guy. He's really nice. He like FaceTimed me. I like picked it up and I was like, what up, Mike? And I'm like in the dentist chair. He's like, oh, dude, I'll call you back later. And my dentist was like, was, was that, that Mike, Mike Goldman? Goldman? <laughs> yeah. It was some juice shit, but yeah, man, Doctor Arthur, man, he hooked my whole shit up, all the, all the shit, not real. How long ago did that? Ha- did, so, did you get implants or veneers? Veneers. Yeah, so hey, that's an implant. Do, uh, what, how do they go about doing that? Dude, it's gnarly. So they fucking rip your tooth out, yeah, and then they drill a hole in your bone, mm. and then they put like a thread, yeah, for like a screw. So that's why it looks kind of gray, is because it's like metal, like there's like a metal rod, it's metal in there. rod, yeah. And then they like get the they build the fake tooth out. And then they put that up there and then behind the fake tooth it's like an allen key and they oh. literally just screw it into your fucking head dude fucking Gnarly, eh? veneers dude they they get your teeth because this one's a veneer yeah uh, the, sorry just the second one it's like porcelain so yeah that's a veneer so because they to match it up with the first this one here yeah but yeah so it's fucking your teeth look straight as fuck it's a gnarly process though yeah they, they, had, they had to file my shit down to the nerve yeah and then cover it the smell of your teeth burning weirder so weird <laughs> and like i hate needles too fucking needles in my mouth dude fuck that oh dude i fucking hate needles really so bad like snakes my biggest fear i fucking hate snakes needles close second really i got a snake in my house and i don't give a fuck about needles i couldn't be more opposite oh you, you are you scared I got a pet snake Oh, you're one of these snake guys. Yeah, yeah. What, what's the what's the appeal? I just grew up in like a in the. You're jungle. from Cairns. Yeah, yeah. Like there's just fucking snakes everywhere. So I'm I going like, to Cairns next month. Really? Well, for to perform? No, oh, kind of. I'm emceeing a wedding. Oh, sick. Yeah, fire. Yeah, right. I got I got jokes. I got I wrote a whole set for these for this couple. Really? So how did that come about? That they, um, they just like wanted to book you for it, or your agent books out, or how's that work? Oh, no, I know them. Oh, you know, I'm like fuck. That seems like a like a weird. Gig. <laughs> yeah, no, no, oh, they're, they're my friends. <laughs> my friends are getting married. Oh, but they, and they're they're from Cairns. Or? They live in Cairns. He's from the states. Yeah, and she's from um, Blackpool. Really? Yeah. Fuck. That's that's uh, random. And as fuck. I, I used to work with them. Yeah, okay. and they just became the homies at work and um like at the hotel yeah okay and yeah they were just like they're just the homies and then uh they were on the gold coast so we we're catching up and they're like feel free to say no yeah uh, but like it would I feel be like that's like an honor though you know totally i was like yeah dude I, I wouldn't miss it for the fucking world man like it's they met at my work as well yeah cool so it was like i was i saw their whole shit from the start yeah like i saw them meet I was there because he was a guest at the hotel first. No shit. Before he started working there. And he checked in and me and her were working together. And she was like, had no interest in this fucking dude at all. Sort of how it always works though, I reckon. Yeah. yeah. And then he was trying and I was like, I was telling I was like, just let him smash once. <laughs> he, he's he's putting so much groundwork in. She's like, nah, I don't know if I'm into him like that. And then she's like, I think I'm into him like that. I'm like, well, good thing he didn't dip. And yeah. he's, still, he's still trying the shot. And um, yeah, now they're getting married. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. How long have they been together? 
two years yeah right it's a very short time but but when you know you know when you know you know <laughs> i um they're like i've been with my girlfriend for five years really yeah so what since you're like 17 no or 18 20 oh wow that's fucking cool yeah or 19 yeah and she's an artist eh? yeah she's a painter like a professional yeah full-time really yep she's a crazy crazy good artist i need to get a painting for any of them yeah trying to fill that whole wall dude she's got she's got paintings for days didn't she paint a picture of you she did that's the artist that did all the murals with me oh that's fucking cool yeah i think we should get like a little picture of you in here then dude she's got heaps (laughs) that's fucking sick yeah she's got a stencil of me that she can just spray paint on something yeah right i could have one too this afternoon fuck i don't need it that quick but it'd be yeah. sick <laughs> dude yeah she no she's fire man crt designs yeah i'm gonna follow her up on instagram yeah, then. She, yeah she's great um so what's your plans like for the next little bit like how's this whole thing sort of how do you see things sort of like playing out in the coming future well in a perfect world i put out the next single january 10th and it just fucking blows up and nothing was the same but um, in a realistic view uh, I'll put out the song it'll just expand audience again Uh, hopefully you know some radio love hopefully get some Spotify love streaming love and all that shit Uh, and then build up I get just bigger shows Mm. Um, I've got I think I'm sitting on like seven singles that are just ready to come out Mm, cool so I'll just put them out next year yeah and so how do they like do you work with the label on like staggering those yeah yeah like there's all marketing plans around them I've got a actually this is another exclusive for you I've got a tour that I'm gonna do oh sick that is gonna change the whole shit really and you'll see I'm calling it right now every motherfucker is gonna do this really everyone this whole alright so this is what I'm doing people buy a ticket so I sell tickets for like 20 bucks yeah people buy the tickets but there's no venue there's just a date and like the city so yeah it's like Sydney April 1st fucking Melbourne April 7th whatever and but you don't know where the venue is and on the day when you when you buy a ticket you gotta put your phone number your email on the day you get an address sent to you and every venue is gonna be a hotel oh sick a hotel room and like there's a few joys in that you only need to sell 40 tickets to sell out the room yeah so every show on the tour sold out yeah great for festivals because festivals look at their festivals just want access selling out their tours yeah sell out tour the the room is packed play a set wild as shit get shut down because it's at a hotel <laughs> that's fucking rad get like arrested probably every night <laughs> great press bring a crew to film the whole shit yeah sell the documentary to fucking vice or whoever get a mad get just mad documentary fucking footage like the, the like it was gonna look the raw sick. shit yeah it's gonna look so raw a small a room this size with 40 people in it mm. it's gonna be live as shit and um no venue hire no security people just destroying a room that's fucking cool so that when's that happening next year I'm in the middle of organising it yeah yeah but I I promise you dude the same way that a dude tried to fire me and had a flannelette shirt a year later everyone will be doing it after everyone's gonna be doing these small tours yeah cause immediate money like the money is just circulating into renting the hotel room 
go to fucking ANZ, get a credit card, give them the give the hotel that credit card that so when they try and charge the fucking room, like you can't get. That <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah I, I've thought I've thought about it and around it. I've been trying to do it for a while, and we did one in uh, Broadbeach yeah. Waters in 2014, and we got like a thousand people at a house. Fuck, at a house party, and I played on the roof. That's sick. And people, you got footage of that stuff. Yeah, I'll show you some footage after. People to this fucking day talk about like they're like oh i haven't kept up with any music but i remember that party i remember that party being fucking crazy yeah that is sick and it was fucking wild yeah there's something about house that good house party i still remember house parties from when i was like 15 that was just like dope as fuck this house parties are the superior clubs suck house parties clubs do fucking suck i hate clubs i every time i go to a club i'm like why the f-? even if i'm getting like because i <laughs> this this is where i fucking hate myself this is where i lose myself as a fan <laughs> i hate going to a club just as like the reg as a regular yeah i patron. don't yeah i don't do that shit so like but even if i'm going it's like like i went to some i went to sin city yeah with uh frenchy and the fairbond film guys the other night yeah bro it was fucking free drinks they came out sparklers yeah doing the whole shit whole shit we had our own private room not even fun no nah couldn't even smile yeah i was like it's still a club dude the last time i was in sin city i was on like a heavy edible oh i was dude. just like get me the fuck out of here edibles at the club not a good uh, idea no it was the first time i've ever done that and mm. i was just like because i don't really drink that much yeah so i was just like yeah i got like a kidney thing so i was like i gotta do other shit to like have fun and right. then one of my boys is like oh i got a cookie here and, I, and he's like oh but we're going to a club later i was like you know what fuck it let's just get in on this and you got wavy oh my god i was fucked up bro eh? and i was just like i'm like just staring at these people like it made the whole thing just like it put clubs into perspective for me like i just had like a moment i was like fuck all this like this is not the place to be ever like right now I'm yeah fucked up and it's like not the place to be but this is just not the move these clubs suck dude the club if there's like a david attenborough on another planet there's a really interesting episode on the club oh bro i 100 that's the feeling that i got like animalistic it's just, yeah it's just full gorilla town man like yeah. you go into a club you add alcohol you got chicks and dudes and it's just a fucking taronga zoo <laughs> chimp fest you can't talk to anyone nah. so you don't know what these people are like it's purely instinctive looks aren't you? you grunts look, you just look at someone you have to dance which is what fucking birds do yeah you drink the nectar go dance yeah and have a fucking egg like that is it's fucking weird it's full primal it's so funny when you think about that's why that sapiens book is really cool because it just outlines so much of like how we used to live and like sort of where us like culture come from and it's just like everything we do is just still so fucking primal but it's just disguised within like all this other shit like (laughs) you go to a club primal as fuck it's so primal it doesn't get more primal than the fucking club it's because you've, you've removed the uh you've removed speaking nuance of language yeah, yeah. language is removed because yep. there's sound it's so loud yeah um it's it's so it's so dumb and that but that's what i think is like so rad with podcasting yeah is it's the campfire <laughs> it's it's, it's the, literally a campfire it's, it's, it's sharing stories yeah and that that's why it's that's why it's way better than uh, the fucking club well but it's it's so primal still though you yeah know? like before we had any cell phones any distractions any tv any music and yeah. like everything that you did was like around the campfire sharing information and i still think that like the fucking like when i'm you you know fucked up on an edible in a club and it's just like you 
see like this is just like a kind of really gnarly campfire yeah where it's like banging loud fucking sounds you can't really talk to anyone the yeah. fucking hot dudes are going after the hot chicks like you sort of see the hierarchy of like yeah. of fucking pheromone sexual <laughs> compatibility like it's just such a weird deal it, huh? it's a very weird environment that is incredibly normalized yeah but it's like why because it's primal as fuck right that's exactly like that. there's certain shit in our biology that just will not die that comes back to fighting why we like fighting again yeah there's like that mixed martial arts or whatever it's just like so fucking simple it's so primal like all of this shit that is crazy successful is just still super primal absolutely dude i i fucking hate it every time i go to a club i'm like this fucking sucks Mm. i but yeah people love it and i can't shit on people for having a good time fuck no no i mean do get in where you fit in like people should do what they want sometimes people like there's there's people that are designed for the club yeah there's dudes that work and telemarketing and say they're an account manager and they go to the gym after every day of work and they're like in preparation for the club they get paid on friday they're like this going all to fucking bevs bags and bitches bags and bitches that's the whole (laughs) thing they're like i I live in cool and gather i'm getting a unit at the Meriton this weekend (laughs) people live like that that's how people fucking live that's fair enough and it's like if if they're having a good time if as as long as you're having a good time because I sometimes I worry when I see some shit like that and I meet some people that are in in like that it's like if you love it go nuts but if you're doing it to appease something Mm. that's not you and a lot of people I feel like I think a lot of people just don't really know exactly what or who they are and it's like it's it's easier to i used to fucking go to clubs all the time yeah same you know i can't be like i'm not gonna sit here and say that i'm like better than it like i literally did that like i see it now like that now is what it is to me like i can see that but i've just got other interests i've got other things like and i still i was in a club last fucking sun last saturday night in new zealand in auckland at the casino but it's like oh sky city oh yeah boom we in this bitch but um you know i just sort of that's what it is to me now you know like i'm yeah. never look going to a club and like looking to hook up with something like <laughs> yeah yeah, those, yeah you know those days are done but it's like i feel like yeah they're they're people that they're still doing that and it's cool it's just like that's sort of what might lead them to the next thing it's like yeah oh dude when um i went to this club after my set at um melbourne comedy festival and it was me and like all the headliners from the comedy festival like mm. me and just, like, a fucking shitload of comedians all went to this club in Melbourne and I forget what the shit was called and we walk up and there's like they take us to a room that looks over the club mm. and they like let us smoke in the club and like they were bringing fucking bottles and shit and I was you know I was on a wave <laughs> and uh, they kept bringing up girls from the from the dance floor like some gross promoter would be like you come here you come here you come here yeah and I bring these girls up and you know, I, was, I was on a wave and some girl's trying to talk to me. And I'm like, isn't it funny how everyone got in this room? Like, you know, you look at this comedian. He's gone at some point. I'm not going to do a traditional thing. I want to make people like yeah, laugh. Yeah. So I'm going to go write some jokes. I'm going to take those jokes to the open mics. I'm going to film some comedy. I've got no following, taking a risk. Everyone that immediately knows me probably thinks I'm a fucking loser. Dipshit, yeah. And, and then I've uh, then they hit it like a gold mine and they, they start building up they start booking shows they start selling out these shows they start touring they start yeah. international touring they're building and building and building now they're booked here at the biggest comedy festival in the southern hemisphere and they're playing this and they're living out their dreams and they're in the room because they did all that yeah and you're in the room 
because you're a hot chick. Yeah. And I said it to a comedian, a female comedian, and um, that was deeply offensive. She didn't take it very well. No. Well, did she take it like you were just calling her a hot chick? She took it as though I was shitting on her comedy uh, and saying her comedy wasn't good. That, yeah, I, like, so, I followed along with that. Yeah, so I... Um, if she ever sees this... <laughs> yeah, that's not what you were saying. It wasn't what I meant. And I was too drunk to... To, to like articulate it. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I could I could see where she could get confused, but like right now, the way you articulate I'm like, yeah, I'm like, yeah. it didn't make sense. It was poorly articulated. Yeah. And, mm. I, and I regret it deeply. <laughs> was she like, is she like a big comedian? Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. DM her. Yeah, I should. Dude, how'd you get the check mark? Oh, I did. Like, that's, so, the, that's the fucking move. Yeah, dude, it's so good. It's because when you message people on it, it doesn't go to a request folder. That's, what, that's why I want that shit because yeah. of just getting guests on. It's Yeah, it's so good for that. Mm. Um, how did I get it? Just through like the label and stuff. Um, I applied for it, didn't get it. And then I was like drunk at Rosella's. <laughs> oh, and no shit. I live just up the road from that. Yeah. And um, I like went to the bathroom and like pulled my phone out. I looked at it and I was like, huh. Yeah. I got I'm t- verified. I'm verified on Instagram. Weird. That shit makes it e- it's like so much easier. That's the that's like the one social media thing where like it fucking helped me out a lot because totally. of like just to hit up guests and shit. I think I, I think I know the secret mm. to how I got it because um my friend Jackson Fairbun has it. Yeah. But his brother, who he does the content, doesn't have Crazy, it. Crazy, eh? They're so funny, them too. Oh, they're the best guys. Um, every time I see them I get, we get fucking hammered like we've never just hung out and just not yeah, got so destroyed like, yeah. yeah um but the thing I, the thing I think why it worked for me and Jackson is there were like other pages on Instagram with our names oh so there were other St. Lane pages on Instagram like there was like there's like some producer called St. Lane who hasn't made anything like five years yeah okay and then there's like a St. Lane fucking fan page and there's like a St. Lane uh, there's like four or five other Saint Lane things, uh. so I think Instagram's just seen that because you got to you got to take a photo of like, your yeah, passport yeah, and yeah. shit. I think they've just seen there's multiple accounts uh. as Saint Lane, so maybe and I'm I don't I don't know if this works. Maybe make a few Gypsy Tale podcasts fan, like fan pages or whatever. Yeah, huh, that's fucking interesting. Might work because Jackson's got there's other Jackson Fairbairns on Instagram, but there's not other Lachlans. Uh, so I think that's why Lachlan's not getting verified and Jackson is and I think that's why I got verified because just, they just wanted to and because I'm like playing festivals and shit yeah they need to like advocate it's the real one yeah right that's fucking I wondered if it was like a label thing it, pro- well, it probably was like, yeah. I don't fucking they don't tell me anything yeah true way. Yeah. they're probably just like they probably just called up. a dude on Instagram yeah because like, hey, yeah, I know like Mike Goldman's like that because he um, he knows people on Instagram yeah because yeah. he was like he's done work for Instagram like yeah. hosted events and shit for him so they just verified him straight up yeah dude he's a good dude yeah I spoke to him fucking dude like literally years ago like when I first started the podcast about him yeah. coming on he was around here a bunch for the Commonwealth Games he's um, here right now oh is he um there's a film festival in Century Cove oh sick I'm pretty sure like he's like hit him up like now you you probably do it. Well, I think I'm going to Melbourne. Like, oh, you're much driving to Melbourne. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what the I don't know what my plan is. But yeah, he he always has been like an interesting fucking interesting cat. Eh? Yeah, I wouldn't want to do what he does. No, no, he like I respect it, and it's like it's his thing. I would just not want to live. Like, yeah, I feel like he's like the model. He's like a lit. It's like a model, but with his personality and he's voice. a model with his voice. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, he's got he's got such a recognizable voice. Yeah, but it cuts through and it's so um, articulate. Yeah, 
Um, but yeah, I, I would imagine it'd be very draining. Yeah, I feel like it'd be like a model where it's like, oh, I want you to like lose five pounds and I want you to do that. <laughs> like, oh, but we like this. It's yeah. I just feel like he would be so contorted and like, yeah, because he's very corporate and what he does is like mm. very specific and very produced. Yeah, I just wouldn't want to be that produced. Totally, I don't think I could. Like, yeah, I don't think I've got that. Yeah, dude, I couldn't do either. Like Mike's a G. He's been he's been in the game for so long. Fucking like, so long. He's he's seen it all. And Mike's also one of these dudes that just has hell hookups. Mm. Like, cause cause he's so deep in the corporate world. Because mm-hmm. he's you know he works for Rebel Sport and mm. like Sydney King and shit. Mike's one of those guys where it's like, oh, like like a, if if you go around to his place and you're like, oh, I like that. He goes, oh, mm. I'll get you one of them. Mm. I know the people that do this. So I went there with um. Me, Isaac Butterfield, went round to Mike Goldman's house. Uh, he lives up in Brisbane. Um, uh, who? Goldman does? Yeah, yeah. He used to live in Bondi. Now he lives in Brisbane. Oh, dude. Okay. I thought yeah. he was in, in um, Bondi still. No, no. He's just moved. Oh. Like a, oh, well, like a year ago. Oh, well, then. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, he's living with um, Bianca, his fiance. Yeah. She's, she's lovely. Um, and yeah, Mike was like, but Butterfield was really wanting to get verified on Instagram. And Mike's like, let me put a call in. That's so <laughs> yeah, crazy. He's just a G like that yeah that's fucking epic yeah have you got any like since you sort of come into the game in like a more formal sense have you got dudes that have like really helped you and mentored you um i oh, like danny jew like my producers kind of mentor me but other artists nah like it's been pretty solo mission yeah i've had like i've had dudes like bliss and esso reach out and like say they really fuck with dude, my johnny's mind. a man yeah he's dude. such a fucking nice guy he called me up Johnny's the American one. Yeah, yeah. He called me up, uh, and just said like, "What up?" Once, like he just he like rang my number. I was like, "How do you get my number?" That's cool. And um, he he called up. He just said he loves what I'm what I'm doing, and they want to do a remix of Sugary Sweet. Oh, sick! So I'm like, dude, yeah, let's make it happen. And they're like, "Get me the stems," and I'm like, "Oh, I don't have the stems. I gotta fucking get them off one of my producers." Yeah. So I called Dennis. I'm like, "Hey, Bill Stems, I want to do a remix." He's like, "All right, cool. Let me get those stems." been fucking three months <laughs> yeah i was gonna say i bet that's just how that shit works eh? dude and then dennis i was fucking i love dennis so much like one of the greatest guys in the world but get him the fucking stems dennis dennis sent me a folder he's like this is the stems bro <laughs> i didn't open the folder and i sent it to listen so like here's uh-huh. the stems dude make the track it wasn't the stems at all. It was the song in a uh, wave file. <laughs> I was like, "Why is this file so small?" And then, um, yeah, it was the fucking. It was just the. It was just the literal exported song, not even the instrumental. That's not gonna get it done. Just, just the song. I was like, "They already have this. <laughs> That's why they're doing the remix. They've heard this." Yeah. And yeah, I. So hopefully the window hasn't closed for where those they, where, they, where they don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. Because yeah. um, Bliss hit no Esso hit me up was like we're in the studio now yeah they're doing the new album yeah and apparently they, it's really good oh yeah hopefully they get me on it yeah and, that'd be um, sick they and they wanted to do a remix of Sugary Sweet it's like a free promo track on like their YouTube just to hype the album yeah and I think they're gonna remix a bunch of other songs yeah sweet but probably not anymore because of fucking Dennis Dennis, <laughs> Dennis the Menace yeah it's all good though but what about other like because I, I think like when you come into this sort of into this world like you've kind of got to like look to certain people to kind yeah. of give you that guidance like has there been people or is it just you know like that sort of like core label group yeah it's like the core label group there's there's no one's really come out to like help me I, like artist wise 
um just people but everyone's been cool man like i i hung out with um a producer called kilter i don't know if you know kilter i've heard of that yeah he's like a mad producer and and his girlfriend nicole miller um we all just went to a bar the other night and like i'm doing shit like that all the time just like linking up with other with other artists yeah and just you know building rapport with with cool people like people that make music and are kind of like similar minded on shit um but yeah as nah no one's like lifting me up at all Mm. it's it's just it's just your boy Mm. (laughs) like just carrying myself just out here grinding just yeah hustling man i've i've been like hustling for so long dude yeah like when i was working at the hotel I uh, I, was, I got like a, a Google Doc spreadsheet. I, I went through and listed every single artist in Australia that's doing something that I want to do. So like Flume, Courtney Barnett, fucking Deep Sea Arcade. Yeah. All these people. And then I got like their managers and their booking agents and like try to get contact information for their managers. I had like 300 artists on this list. Just like literally everyone was on this list. And I emailed every single one of their managers because their ma- management info is actually really easy to get it's usually just on the, their Facebook about page or like yeah. on their website emailed every single manager just with like a, it was all personalized shit it was like hi manager's name I like what you did with this band in yeah. particular this really personalized shit I spent fucking weeks on it dude mm. and of those emails I got two replies no shit got two replies and one of them through multiple doors led to my record deal yeah right I didn't get managed by the guy but he introduced me to a guy who then yeah you know it's just like guys on guys on guys yeah and um so yeah I've been hustling dude I used to go there was a dude I won't say his name because I see him sometimes so it'd be fucking weird um who used to book shows at Eden's Hill in Brisbane yeah there's you know that big venue yeah and I knew what he looked like and so I would go to clubs like if he put on fucking like checked in on Facebook this is like Facebook days it's like yeah. for, Instagram wasn't popping yet if he like checked into the club and like on the Gold Coast I bro I fucking went to the club that's so gnarly look for the dude like bought him a drink linked up first two times I met him I didn't fucking tell him I made music we just bumped it. we were just boys and I'm like oh he's like well what do you do bro like, oh, I do a little bit of music Dude, I got so many tours through that fucking guy. That's so sick. Man, when I couldn't afford to get into the club, but I knew Stevie Z from Radio Metro used to DJ at a club called Paris. And I used to wait out the back of Paris at 3 a.m. when he finished. I had a CD. I was like, bro, like, play my shit. And he was like, oh, dude, like, yeah, I don't want CD. Email me. Emailed him. Never heard anything. Went back to the club. Like, two weeks later, I was like, Stevie Z, you gotta play my shit. He's like, oh, I'll check it out. Finally checked out. He's like, this is dope. Uh, come in. It's the first radio station to play my music. But I had to stand at the front of a club. Yeah. Fucking and it's fucking demoralizing, dude. Like, yeah. I've done that shit filming where, like, shit. I want to meet people to, like, do film stuff for them. And, like, yeah, you fucking just stand there like a fucking loser. Yeah. For hours at times. And, like, the whole time you're standing there, all these negative thoughts, like, running through your head. You're just like, yeah. I'm not fucking cut out for this shit. Like, you just get such gnarly, like, negative self-talk going. Yeah, But dude. it's like, you've just... The ones that are successful fucking push through that shit, you know? Dude, and it sucks because when Sugary Sweet started, like, doing pretty good, like, it was getting, like, played on the radio heaps, people started saying that I was a fucking, like, industry plant. Industry plant, plan. yeah. 
And it's like, dude, I like work so hard. Yeah. Like, because a lot of people don't realize that I was like in other groups. Like I was in a band called Clashing Colors. We signed a deal with Interscope when I was finishing high school. No way. Yeah. I was, and I was like, a, I was the bass player, which the playing the bass got me into the conservatorium of music. Mm. Um, and yeah, we put out an album. I was fucking 17 years old, put out my first album. And I wasn't, wasn't even invested in music yet. I was like rugby and stand up and music was like a thing I did for fun with my friends. Mm. Put out an album, got a mad deal. Then I did. Uh, How did that all work out then? Like, did that band just sort of stop? I got kicked out. Oh, really? the band, yeah. No shit. They told me I was holding them back. Does that band still, is that, they're still going? No. Oh, so it wasn't you? No, <laughs> definitely wasn't me. <laughs> I'm the only one of the band that's still... Still making music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, the drummer works at the cinema that I go to all the time. So oh, shit. So I just say what up to him. And like, my best mate, Tommy, was in the band too. We, I was with him two days ago. But he's a school teacher now. Fuck, that's crazy, eh? Yeah. And, um... So yeah, I was yeah, playing bass and then got kicked out of the band. I was like, what the fuck am I going to do? Maybe I'll get back into stand-up. And then um, my friend Ike Campbell, who was a producer, like he said, let's uh, make some rap music. Yeah. And I was like, we both were like the biggest Kanye West fans in the world. Both loved rap. So we tried it out. We were in a duo together for five years. Fuck yeah toured Australia with 360 Century Remy Atmosphere Tech 9 fucking like did so many tours put out two albums signed an indie uh, record deal and then we put out the last song we ever put out was a song called The Dash that like fucking blew up and it was number four on Spotify in Australia really? yeah it did in 2017 and then off the back of that made a solo project pitched it to record labels signed a record deal that's fucking gnarly eh? yeah, yeah that's like the one thing that I've learned through this shit is like anyone doing anything has just been through a mountain of shit together yeah. like um, yeah. like it's so the whole industry plan thing like it definitely exists but it's like it's fucking very rare that that's the yeah. case yeah oh, dude I'm too old to be an industry plant as well industry plants are kids mm. they, they'll they'll pick up a kid when they're like 13, 14 yeah okay and like, we'll mold your sound We'll put you out when you're 16. We'll put you on every magazine playlist, Spotify, make it look really organic. Yeah. Like Khalid, Billie Eilish, shit like that. Yeah, okay. Um, But dude, I'm way too old. Yeah. I've missed the fucking mark. And it's just like you're in Australia. Yeah, in Australia too. Well, it's like that shit that's happening with uh, Tones and I. You heard about this? No. Nah. You know Tones and I, yeah. the singer? Like, she's great. I met her at a party. She's, she's, all, she's lovely. I remember meeting her and I was like, this girl is not 19. You yeah. know how you can look at me and be like, this dude, if like, if you were to say, if I said I was 19, it'd be like, no, maybe. I don't know, maybe. <laughs> um, like maybe if I went to like fucking war or something, but yeah. like I did definitely not 19. I remember looking at her and I was like, she is like 30. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like she like looks like she's like late 20s. Yeah, dude. Is she supposed to be 19? And her whole thing is like she's this 19-year-old artist. That's so weird that uh, that would be a thing. Yeah, because people, uh, I, I guess people are more inclined to support younger pop artists. There's mm. like a, it's like sport. There's like an age period where you yeah. can where you can pop and then you have like your core fans as you get older. But like, aren't people realizing that now that that shit just like isn't a it's thing impossible. anymore? It's impossible. It's, and with everything digital, like people so people started putting out photos of her at like her 21st from like 2011 really so this is a thing <laughs> this is a thing wow and it's like and um like it's bad for her and i feel i feel sorry for her it that sucks that she went along with it though 
I think she would have had to because she's. She, I think pretty sure she's with a major. Yeah. That like, and this is another thing that happens. Like Macklemore, uh, this is me exposing the whole music industry. Um, Macklemore and Ryan Lewis, chance to rapper and stuff. They make it look independent. Yeah. But what they do is they set up an independent label that's a stem of a major. Yeah. So they have an independent label. It's like we're the only acts on now, small little indie label. But their label's completely funded by a label like RCA, Universal, Sony, yeah, Island. Yeah. Like they fund the record and that money funnels back into them. Yeah. But if you look at it on paper, it's completely independent because it's independently owned by the artist. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's not independent. Yeah, it's a crazy game, eh? So she's so that it's coming out that she's like fucking hundred. She's like <laughs> I think she's like thirty years old. Fuck. Yeah. So the thing is like I don't give a fuck. Like why yeah. why do they think people actually care? Well this is the thing. I don't think anyone cares. That's what I'm yeah, it's I weird. Think it, that's like a record label mentality is that you need like a young yeah. new superstar for pop. You don't. Just need good fucking music. That and that's why it it didn't it didn't work because she was nineteen. It worked because the songs are good. Yeah, so unique and like, yeah. Yeah. Like, and it, it, ah. it like, <laughs> just pull it towards you again. Yeah, cool. It, um, yeah, it blows my mind that they, they feel a need to lie about age. Yeah. That happens all the time. Yeah. All the fucking time. So, uh, singles drop, you blow up. You're going to like, do you want to stay living here or do you want to eventually live in the States? Do you want to like, what, what uh, sort of... Dude, I would love, I would honestly love like my fucking goal and it's, I would like to think it's somewhat achievable. I would love just to like do so well in music that I can go live in the, like the top of the North Island of New Zealand. Yeah. Okay. And have like a fucking shed. Yeah. And be away from everyone and just do my thing. Yeah. And then work on music from there and every like two like what Kendrick does yeah every like two or three years just coming out with an album some groundbreaking shit some real artistic shit people will fucking love it world tour back to the shit yeah three years come out groundbreaking record world tour back to the shit and eventually when I'm like 50 years old if I make it to 50 I will uh, I want to open up like this bar that's like like fucking Frank Sinatra swing music <laughs> shit and I like host it and we get like there's like celebrity guests come on and people just sit there they pay like like $50 entry it's like the comedy store almost yeah but for music and uh you get like fucking uh, like Cardi B comes in and you but you never know who's gonna play yeah and but it's gonna be a mix of like huge acts and emerging acts like the comedy store where you'll see yeah, you'll Dave see Chappelle like, yeah. and then you'll see like uh, Fahim Anwar yeah. like play before him yeah. and like it's the mix and then like eventually like Fahim he might be the be next, next guy, Chappelle yeah, and then yeah. there's another and it's like that's why the comedy store is so great because you're yeah. seeing a mix of, of all these people Yeah, and I would just love to do that with music I, would, that, I feel like there's no outlet because there's so many outlets there's no outlet that's breaking artists mm. it used to be you'd go on Letterman or something and well, that's be, why No Jump is so fucking big No Jump is big but there's the, like I've been on No Jumper and I didn't blow up yeah like, there's like there's no, there's not there's nothing that's like if you're dope and you're on this yeah because it used to be like SNL was like SNL well. like yeah. um, and that, that's even re- like Sam Smith blew up off SNL yeah right he was a musical guest on SNL and then nothing was the same yeah are you, I've seen uh, I saw AFI on Jimmy Kimmel once really yeah when they fucking because I'm like a huge <laughs> AFI fan dude I, well didn't the lead singer AFI go to jail 
No, I don't think so. What was, or was that Black Veil Brides? Dude. You so. might be thinking of... Um, was it Escape the Fate? Yeah, or fucking uh, Ronnie Radke. He went to jail from Falling in Reverse as well. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, Ronnie okay. Radke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He's a I'm... fucking weird cat. I've yeah. met him a bunch of times on Warped Tour as well. Oh, really? Yeah, weird. Yeah, what, was, what was his vibe? Just like super fucking rock star shit. Okay. Like, like cool the, rock star or not cool? Mm, nah. Not nah. Cool. nah I, wasn't, I wasn't a super fan. But then again, like, but I say that and now I'm like, fuck, after doing this podcast, like, I bet if I sat down for three hours with him, like, you'd, you'd get a new perspective. Fucking good dude, you know? Dude. So now I like, I try hard to just never have that attitude anymore. Never have any uh, preconceived notions mm. in regards to people. But yeah, he definitely come across like a fucking weird guy. <laughs> I was just like, damn. And like, it, it was like rape and murder and stuff, like this shit that he went to jail for. It was like, yeah. he was involved in some like hectic shit. Fucking hectic shit. But again, it's like, fuck the people you're around, like, yeah, product of your environment. Mm-hmm. So, hey, uh, we're fucking coming up on three hours, bro. Fuck, that felt really quick. Goes quick, huh? I had a really, really good time, dude. And oh, thank uh, you for having me. I'm, yeah, anytime you want to come back on, uh, if you've got anything that you would like to plug, please do so now. Oh, just, uh, just hit follow the socials, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lane the Saint, dude. Lane the Saint on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, you can listen to three absolute bangers on Spotify. Yes, you uh, can. I'm going to post some links to that when this podcast comes out. Thank you. Uh, and probably put a link to that in the description of this podcast. Yeah. Um, I'd love to come check out one of your shows. So yes, I am playing at this. Oh, the yes, universe reminded me right now. I'm playing at Miami Marquetta on uh, on the Gold Coast on the 15th of December. I don't know when this is going to come out. Sick. But if it is... We'll do it before that, for c- sure. Cool. Yeah, 15th of December, uh, St. Lane, Ivy, Peach Fur, um, Miami Marquetta. I'll be there. My brother lives right behind Miami Marquetta, so I'm going to get fucked up and walk to my brother's house. Can't wait. <laughs> That's sick. Yeah, I'll definitely, I'll definitely love to come to that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really appreciate you. Thank you for up. having me. No, fuck, it was sick, dude. I really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, anytime you want to come back on, just uh, yeah, give me a shout. It'd be fun. Much appreciated, my man. We'll go drink some beers at uh, Rosella's one time. I, I'm a huge fan of that. That's a great idea. <laughs> sick, dude. Thanks so much. <laughs> no, thank you. You.